obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. That's right. It's Monday night, season seven premiere, Sports on the Hill podcast, True Radio Network coming in live from the lab. You got Robbie G live from the man cave. We got a lot to cover from the last two weeks of everything that's been going on that we haven't had a chance to cover. We want to give you a quick recap of the Capitals week that weeks that was. Then we're going to talk a little baseball with the uh, season starting on the seventh with the Nats going up against the Mets. Then we're going to talk some NBA with the roundtable, and of course, we're going to talk March Madness, which Robbie G is uh, doing very well in his tourney picks. Uh, he shared on the page where he, uh, I believe he predicted the championship game. So Robbie G, how's it going tonight, good sir? It's been a couple of weeks, but we back on the air and back in business, baby. Yeah, of course my Twitch just broke. So I'm trying to set that up right now. <laughs> you know, you gotta love technology. You start one thing, you know, and who knows? So I'm gonna let you uh, talk for a couple of minutes about well, why don't we start off real quickly with any off-season news that you want to talk about in the NFL that may have come out in the last two weeks? I'm going to set this up <clears> quick, and then I'll be right back, and uh, we can we can get going with our cap stock. All right, that sounds good. I was actually just looking at some football news a little while ago. We have uh, our pre-draft and free agency show. I said we were going to do it in the two weeks we were off, but I lost track of the draft. I forgot the draft at the end of this month, not the beginning of the month. So, <clears throat> Dujan and myself are coordinating. We'll probably do maybe the third week of the month. Free uh, agent acquisitions the team has made and uh, the draft picks that uh, possibly could go to the Washington Commanders. Uh, I know you guys have heard about the so called scandal, this latest scandal with the ticket uh, revenue saying that, you know, the commanders were withholding revenue because of the revenue sharing and the bargaining agreement. You have to split all the revenue from ticket sales, merchandise sales and all that. They're claiming that Washington didn't give up all of the revenue. And they came out with a statement today saying basically that whoever came up with this allegation uh, has perjured themselves because the revenue gets 
audited by separate entities outside of their organization and they've come up with no discrepancy before. So as I say, once again, another so-called scandal that's not a scandal, but folks want to get, <clears throat> excuse me, Dan Snyder out of the organization very badly and they're going to whatever efforts and means they can to get him out. I've already had my stance. I've talked about it many times over and over again. And I'm not really going to get into it tonight. And I'm not really going to. A couple of articles that came out. Uh, Chase Young, you know, Coach Rivera made some comments, you know, saying that uh, last year's injury was a wake up call in the way he played up until that injury. So hopefully he'll come back, you know, hungry and ready to rock and roll and pick up where he left off in his rookie season. Uh, they haven't really made too many free agent signings. They've re-signed a couple of players. But as I said, we'll break that down more when we do our free agents in the pre-draft show, closer towards the draft. You know, we'll see if any more moves have been made or any more signings. And we'll break that down, Dujanae and myself, if we always do with our Washington football coverage. But Robbie G, you got everything straight over there with your Twitch feed, buddy? Yeah, it is live. I'm just doing one quick edit to our Facebook one, but then I'm I'm ready to go, and then uh, we'll I'll just share it later uh, after the fact. Um, you know, I love it when you know everything was working before the stream, and then right as it starts, it all goes to shit. Right, that's technology for you. But you know, it's season seven. I'm super excited, as Carol alluded to earlier. Uh, really exciting stuff with uh, being able to predict a correct bracket on both sides. Um, I don't know if I've ever been able to do that. I have predicted North Carolina to win it all in 2017, and they did. And I've predicted it again tonight. I don't know if uh, I will get it right both times. I'm just excited that they beat Duke. We'll talk about that in the second hour. For North Carolina fans, it's house money, Carol. They're an eight seed. No one expected them to be in the finals. And they ended Coach Krzyzewski's uh, career. And that's their biggest rival. It's a really big deal in, in college basketball. I know you don't follow college basketball that closely. But um, uh, my dad just uh, joined us. He said, uh, go Heels. Congrats on season seven. I appreciate that, Dad. Uh, he's got, uh, Robbie, uh, even yeah. though I don't watch college, I did see a, a, a stat slash fact that Coach K lost his first game against North Carolina and lost his final game to North Carolina. Yes, it's in fact, that is a true fact. So and what's great, Carol, is they've only played after playing hundreds and hundreds of games against each other uh, in their long, long rivalry. They played in uh, uh, tournament games in the ACC tournament, but never in the full March Madness NCAA tournament. And the first time it happens is in the final four. And, of course, now we know that Carolina wins it. So it's just uh, – that's pretty exciting. Um, it's just kind of crazy that always every year one of the teams falls off. Even in years where they've both done well, uh, it's never uh, – they never both gotten to, like, the final four and been able to play each other before. So that was a big deal. And it was a great, great game as well. And uh, I just want to thank everybody uh, for joining us in chat. My dad's in chat. Champ is uh, subbing. Um, we've got other uh, – mods here uh, andy there i want to just mention one quick thing before we get started with season seven i want to thank everyone uh if you're watching on twitch right above me it, it says uh 53 uh, out of 50 which is the highest subscribers i've ever had on a channel so i just want to thank everyone for all the support this last month uh it really means a lot to me uh it was a goal to try to hit 50 so we can get animated emotes carol 
and we were able to hit our goal and get like the highest number you can get as an affiliate. So I really want to thank everybody for coming through together uh, and, and supporting me in that endeavor. But we've got a lot to talk about tonight. I don't want to stall people too much. I know that uh, we got a little bit of a late start, uh, but uh, Carol's been really up and down for the Capitals uh, this um and uh, we're, we're not going to break down every game, but we'll definitely talk about some of the uh, I'll go through the scores in general for some of the games since we've missed it. And then we'll talk about the last, what do you think, four games or so? Does that work for you? Yeah, that's cool. And um, and then uh, and then we'll talk about this crazy upcoming week, which is going to be uh, really kind of important for the Capitals. And we'll also talk a little bit about the standings and where they stand and what are their chances of making the playoffs. Uh, some people in some cap scripts are a little worried about that. And the Islanders are coming on strong. Uh, so it's not something that we should take yeah, We got an 11-point lead over them, and they have a game in hand. I was looking at that this morning. I definitely was going to speak on that, especially after the last two games the Capitals played, even though they were a week apart. But, yeah, we need to talk about those last two games. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's go rewind back. So uh, the last thing that we really were talking about was there was the Canadian road trip. And then they, uh, right after our last game, we previewed uh, an Islanders game, which they won four to three is talking about the Islanders. Uh, so just as a, a quick reminder, uh, Ovechkin did get a goal in, in that game. And so did Anthony Mantha in that four, three uh, victory. Uh, and then the Columbus game, um, Ovi also was a three-star with Vitek Vanacek and Anthony Manta. That game we won 7-2 over uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets. Anthony Manta got two goals, uh, and Connor Sherry uh, got a really nice uh, goal later on in Kuzi, and Ovechkin got a power play goal in that one as well. Uh, and then uh, Carolina, that's one of our best wins of the season in Carolina. It's a 4-3 victory. Uh, it was one in uh, the shootout. Um, with Ovechkin uh, winning the shootout goal, as well as getting a goal to tie it in the third. They were down 3-2. Kuzi and Carlson also got goals in that really big game. Uh, and then the Dallas uh, Stars game, that was a loss uh, at home. Their home record has not been good, Carol. We'll have to talk about that. They are a much better team this season on the road. Uh, I think they have 10 more wins on the road than they do at home, which is crazy. Um, and... Uh, uh so yeah it's uh, anyway so the dallas game we lost three two close game st louis game uh the tuesday march 22nd that game we lost five to two uh koozie and tom scored in the first uh but it was all blues after that uh then we go to buffalo and this is the first game that we'll break down to care together carol we'll break down the buffalo jersey carolina and then unfortunately the wild game uh we'll start off with the buffalo game uh, well, Carol, I'll let you say real quickly anything you want to on any of those previous slot of games. Do you want to talk about them or just talk about these four games? I mean, like you said, we've seen some inconsistency. Uh, we were, well, I was uh, bragging about Double V the way he was playing. He, I felt like he was starting to get locked in, being that they gave Samson off a shot to take over the number one spot, and he didn't rise to the occasion. And we saw Double V putting up good numbers, good stats, putting out good performances. But in this uh, last stretch since we've been off the air, we've seen I've seen some troubling things from uh, him and from the defensive structure on the team. I know they've been uh, shuffling the lines and you know trying to get some things worked and players been coming in and out the lineup. But defense has to be consistent no matter who's on the ice. You understand the offense is going to fluctuate, but the defensive structure, pressure, and hustle should still be there no matter who's in the lineup. And, uh, 
I, I find it a little disturbing that we haven't seen that on a consistent basis like we saw earlier in the season when we were, you know, filling holes, putting in the young guys. Now that should be something that's locked in now. But they do have 13 games left in the season, regular season, and uh, hopefully they can get that problem fixed because uh, defense is going to be very key in this playoff run. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm just sharing a couple of different groups. Yeah, it's really been frustrating to see the inconsistency uh, from the Capitals because I think that they're a pretty good team. I think they're coached by a pretty good coach, actually. Um, he says in some questionable things right now. I, you know, we'll talk about his conversations with the media and uh, especially with how the reaction to the last game when we get there. But let's just talk. I just shared it to a bunch of Caps groups. If anyone has any questions in any of those groups, feel free to mention it. Also, welcome to CT to chat, and uh, thanks everyone for tuning in over on uh, Twitch as well. But uh, let's break down uh, this first game uh, here of sort of the last week, or, or we're going to do like kind of the last two weeks. It's Friday, Saturday, uh, Monday of last week, and then uh, the game that was uh, yesterday. Um, so, uh, well, Samantha scores his seventh goal of the season, assisted by Nicholas Backstrom, his 19th, Tom Wilson's 26th, about halfway through the first period. Uh, they then tie it. Uh, and then Nick Jensen gets a, a goal his fifth of the season, 406 into the second period. Uh, they then, uh, Jeff Skinner again ties it. Um, and then they take the lead at 1255. Uh, and then Ovechkin, just a couple minutes later, gets his 41st goal of the season, assist by Evgeny Kuznetsov, his 42nd assist. Uh, that's uh, what ties it. Uh, there is no scoring in the third period. It goes uh, to the shootout. Uh, they start off with picking as a home team. They get to choose this uh, to shoot first and they score a goal and Nicholas Backstrom misses. Uh, and I was pretty worried ab about it because uh, if I remember correctly, like TJ Oshie is not in this game, right? Nope. So we, um, so that's uh, unnerving and Backstrom's one of our, probably our second best at it. So anyway, he misses. I'm like, Oh, it's not good. Uh, the big save. Um, on the next one, because if they go up to nothing, it's pretty much done. Kuzi gets a really, really nice goal. That's the one I believe that's like the slowest moving goal of all time, where he like creeps along, creeps along, creeps along, shuffles, 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 and then he finally uh, scores. Uh, there's some really great commentary online and gifts that came out of that one. Um, but it's a great goal and it's needed because it ties the game. Uh, it's it a shootout miss, uh, so he, uh, he didn't get it on goal. And then Ovechkin wins it uh, himself uh, with a shootout goal. Uh, it's a big win over Buffalo um, in Buffalo. It's weird. The Capitals were wearing red because Buffalo is wearing their alternates. Uh, but Carol, what are your thoughts on that game? Uh, it was definitely a tough game, you know, going 60 minutes the way they had to uh, come back, even though they started out, you know, getting the lead because normally when they get a lead, you know, they pretty much lock it down and shut it down. Uh, but like you said, Ovi doing this thing, tying the game late to force overtime and uh, the shootout of overtime. Uh, you know, it was a pretty exciting overtime. Seven shots on goal for the Caps, five for Buffalo. Unfortunately, one of them didn't go in. And yeah, Kuzi with that slow motion, uh, the stick handling and quick wrist shot. Yeah, Kuzi's locked in right now. So, you know, he's, I feel he's ready for the playoffs and uh, he's going to be, you know, in that form like he was in 2018, you know, point producer and, you know, playmaker when needed. So, yeah, I'm loving what I'm seeing from him. 
And, you know, what can you say about Ovi? Always upset that he, you know, early early in his career with the shootout, he had a low percentage and, you know, never really, you know, did it in a shootout. But, you know, we've seen him improve, you know, maybe working with Kuzi, more stick handling, you know, more things. Just harder on the shootout than it is in regular play, you know, fast pace, and it's just one-on-one, you and the goalie. So he's, uh, you know, Look like he's found his groove in his shootout and for the rest of the regular season, which we, you know, in case we might need it, because, you know, in the playoffs, they don't have shootouts, you know, that's the penalty shot. And, you know, if you get that opportunity, pretty much you're going to kill it. But um, Buffalo is a tough team. You know, they've been playing the Caps tougher and tougher, even though the Caps have still been uh, pretty much dominant over them. But uh, they're getting better and they're playing tougher and it's, you know, getting harder for the Caps to get these W's. So, that just lets them know that they got to make sure they, you know, playing their game, no matter what team you're playing, no matter how many times you beat them, any night, any team can get you. Yeah, for sure. It's been a, a rough start here for North Carolina uh, in this uh, NCAA finals game. They're down 5 nothing uh, to Kansas and uh, uh, just some tough plays right there. But uh, overall, I am super happy that the Caps uh, were able to come away with that victory. It's not like it's the most exciting team, but them and Jersey were two back-to-back games that happened on back-to-back nights, and you have to get both of those wins, especially if you're going to falter against some of the top-ranked teams, uh, which we'll see later in the week. But uh, another 4-3 victory. This one, uh, Jersey scores first a minute into the game, which seems to happen a lot to the Capitals. They get jumped on a lot by opposing teams and that'll be a trend that we'll see later in the week uh, but tom wilson 240 uh, that was actually in the second period that right? was in the second period you're right that's right i missed that um <clears throat> but still early in the periods um it's it's still a frustrating concern you're right the other one is going to be in the first period they didn't score in the first uh jack hughes early in the second um uh, and I feel like I'm trying to remember that first period. I feel like the Devils were had the better of the scoring chances, and the Caps are kind of holding on, if I remember correctly. Uh, so I think there was a little carryover uh, there. And then so Jack Hughes scores. Tom Wilson ties his 20th of the season, which I think is you know people are haters of Tom Wilson, and 20 goals is a lot. You know, many players in the NHL wish they could. Connor Sherry 18 assists. John Carlson's 43rd assist. I know some people aren't the biggest John Carlson fans. Uh, but he tie, the ties the game against Tom Wilson. Uh, Jersey takes the lead, uh, 2-1 uh, going in uh, to the third period. I was a little bit frustrated with that. Uh, but Connor McMichael um, uh, scores his ninth of the season. Justin Schultz, 13th, and John Carlson's 44th assist. Ties the game. About uh, five minutes later, Nicholas Backstrom scores his sixth, his sixth assisted by Anthony Mantha, his seventh assist. I would take a 3-2 lead. And then Ovechkin, just a couple minutes later on the power play, scores his 42nd of the season, assist by Kuzi's 43rd, and Nicholas Backstrom's 20th to take a 4-2 lead. Uh, and then uh, they get a goal at the very end uh, with a pulled goalie to make it closer 4-3. But overall, just a really dominant third period, and they took over the game against a team that they're much better than. Uh, Carol, what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, that was a, an awkward game. Like you said, the first period, no score. Uh, Jersey outshot the Capitals, I believe, 10-7. And then the second period, as you mentioned, the early goal uh, to start the period. I'm trying to remember what happened on that play, but it was so long ago, I can't draw the blank right now. I know I did a video on it, but yeah. And then, you know, Tom Wilson, you know, that's my dude. Um, 
during that two weeks off there, we mentioned uh, one of the games was kind of lopsided. And uh, my man Tom had to prove a point. And he dropped dropped the gloves and he put a hurt on one of the dudes from one of the they're going to see him again. So, But he's good with the hands. He's good on offense. He plays a 200-foot game. His four track is ridiculous. I mean, you can hate him all you want. And like they say, you know, he's on your team. You love him. If you're playing against him, you hate him. So I get it. I get it. But this dude is, yeah, he's going to be a problem <laughs> for the rest of his career because he's only going to get better. And he, he he's a physical force, and he can score when needed. So you can put him on any line, and he's effective. So I, I love that he got his 20th goal in this game. And just that third period, just to, to see the execution, the defense that they were cutting off, uh, passing lanes, they were blocking shots whenever Jersey tried to get a shot off, and most of the shots that they did get off from the outside. Uh, they were keeping the crease clean in front of double V, and they took over that third period and put up three goals uh, to win the game 4-3. So, you know, you don't like to have to go down, uh, you know, to have to come back up and score three goals in the third, but the fact that they were able to do that, you know, helps build confidence in the team and lets them know, hey, when you play the right way, play defense and your offense is clicking, anything is possible. For sure. Uh, you know, so I'm, I'm happy that they got these two wins. Um, maybe not the most conventional ways. They didn't beat down a team that they should have beat. But uh, then there was a bit of a lull, not that much of one. Uh, the, uh, Sunday off and then next Monday they go into Carolina. Now Carolina's got a lot on the line here, right? They don't want to get season swept by us. It's just not going to be good, especially if there's a really good chance we may play them in the first round uh, in the playoffs. So they have to gain some confidence from that, right? They need to gain, have a game, a statement game where that shows that they're in it because the Capitals have kind of, uh, they've really beaten them pretty solidly this season. And we uh, know last game was a four nothing shutout. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a frustrating game. Uh, it, they start off scoring quickly, 241 in. They double it at 747. In the second period, Tom Wilson gets an unassisted goal uh, at 647. That makes it 2-1. Some questionable calls both ways, especially uh, which led to a shorthanded situation where Sebastian Ajo scores 3-1, where if they score in that power play and make it 2-2, I think it's a very different game. Uh, they're able to ride that momentum just about two minutes later. They get their fourth goal. And just a couple five minutes later, they get their fifth goal. And then the third period, they make it six to one. I'll be honest, Carol, I had my best friend from out of town here for this game. I did not catch a single minute of this game. I saw that they were down 4-1, and I, I was like, I'm not going to turn that on. Uh, so I did not turn it on for the third period. And I feel kind of like a bad cast fan, but I haven't seen the guy in five years. So there are nights that I will miss. Uh, I see almost all 82 games. Uh, but uh, so Carol, I'm going to lean on you for this game and, and your assessment on that. Yeah, I, I watched most of this game. I had some other stuff going on, but I had it on watching it. Um, the shorthanded goal, the reason why that goal was so, that situation was so crucial because there was a situation before the penalty, before the power play, where the puck hat went down the ice, but a, uh, it was a collision or something that happened between a Caps player and a Carolina player where they felt that 
the Carolina player um, had touched the puck. And because it was so-called icing, even though it was a penalty play, they weren't allowed the Capitals to change. They didn't have a center on the ice because of the what was going on. They were changing the time of the so-called penalty, or I mean the so-called icing, and they didn't have a center on the ice. TJ Oshie had to take the uh, take the draw, and he lost it, and it turned into a goal. Laviolette was visibly heated. The explanation that they gave, he thought was bull. And this is the game that, that I was speaking of with Tom Wilson in the third period. He laid the hammer down on that so-called tough guy. And I did a video on it. You can check it out on my YouTube channel, Carol Porter the Third with Three Eyes. And, you know, see what Tom did to the dude. Because, like you said, there's possibility it might see Carolina. Right now, it's looking like they're going to be Florida. And Florida's a hell of a home team. Capitals are ahead of a road team. I think the Capitals are two and one against them this year. I'm not sure. I got to go back and look. But um, I would much rather see them play Carolina than see them play Florida because Florida right now, Florida all season has been playing at a different level. And we've never seen this from a Florida team at all. Where they've always had solid goals and then always played solid defense, but they were never offensively gifted. Now they have offense, defense, and solid goaltending. So they're going to be a tough out in this playoffs because they have the ability to come back. They're one of the teams that's, you know, have one of the most, you know, comeback victories from being down sometimes two They goals. were down, like, I want to say, weren't we, like, up three or four goals to them in a game and they came back? And then they even beat us in regulation, I want to say? like Yeah, we were up, like, I believe we were up three and they came back and won by one. Before yeah. regulation, it was like 30 seconds left in the game when they got a late goal. Yeah, and they did it just this past week, too, uh, to the – I want to say it was the Islanders, but the Islanders forced overtime, but then they still lost or something. So, yeah, it's uh, – they're really good in a lot of ways. I don't know. It's just funny, though. I feel like it's one of those situations – I just remember the year that we won the President's Trophy and then Montreal came and shocked us, right? I feel like it could be a very similar situation where we're a good road team, and if the our goalie got hot, I feel like we could still beat Florida. Like I don't know. I, I understand they've been really good all season, but I feel like we could surprise them. I mean, I definitely agree that this team can get hot and get solid goaltending, and we've seen this team lock it in, even when they. I had... would love to go to that bracket though, because think about it: Toronto plays Tampa Bay. Toronto always loses first round. So it'd be Tampa Bay. So we play Florida, we play Tampa Bay, and let the grinded out Pittsburgh play the Rangers, Carolina, uh, you know, play, you know, Boston, let's say. So, you know, like, then they could all beat each other up, you know, before we have to play them in the finals. So I, would, I wouldn't mind flipping sides of the bracket, to be honest. I mean, the fact that they are a quality uh, road team, I like it. Because remember, in the uh, championship run, they clinched every series on the road. One of only, I believe, four teams to ever do that in Stanley Cup history. So the fact that they're a quality road team, you know, is why I'm not really worried about being the AFC. Because when they go on the road, they simplify things. They, you know, make it easy. We know when they get home in front of the crowd, sometimes they want to get too pretty, too fancy with the passes. I don't. I hate the drop pass. I, I'm starting to hate that because they depend on that too much, and it's been causing too many turnovers. Especially as uh, Craig Lockman always said, the danger zone in between the dots and the blue line. 
All the times the drop passes have been causing a lot of turnovers and odd man rushes in the other direction. So when they go on the road, they simplify things. You know, they have the team meals together. They're always together because they're in the same hotel. And it's like it's, it's, it's easier for them to play. They're more loose because they know they're on the road. They're going to deal with the adversity. They know they have to deal with the first 10 minutes of the period of the game because they know the crowd's going to be in it. The other team is going to be focused trying to get that first goal to keep the crowd going and get it amped up. And when they can squelch that or even get a goal of their own in that first 10 minutes to shut the crowd up, then, you know, then it's just ABC one, two, three after that. They're just playing their game, they're comfortable and they're doing their thing. When you make another team chase and come from behind and not be able to play their game because now they're chasing the score, trying to tie the game back up so they can try to start playing their game, then you have the advantage. And we know with the Caps being so physical, the way they play with the four check, and, you know, the defensemen jump into the play. And like you mentioned, John Carlson, who had 43 assists, you know, this season. You know, that's, you know, some offensive players don't have that many assists. And you got that from, your, you know, one of your defensive guys. So this team can go on a nice run with the coaching, with the veterans, with the youngsters that's on the squad. They have the hustle, they have the want, and they have the ability it's just about doing it consistently and doing it for 60 minutes each game. And that's the issue that I think they've been having lately, being consistent and doing it for 60 minutes. I agree. I, I think the whole lineups are all, you know, a mess. And the problem is, is like where you're going to want to put Johansson in the future versus where they started him. And just like, there's just no chemistry. And I'm not really sure about that move, Ryan. Yeah, I, I thought that you, I thought that you wouldn't like it. I'm not. Surprised. I mean, it's not that I don't like it. I just don't understand it because we know when Oshie's out, that's a big issue because he's so physical, he's talented, and he plays a 200 foot game. Now, if you're going to go out and get somebody that could possibly fill in when he's not there, I don't see Johansson as that player. And then you saw when they put him on the first line, he was he didn't belong there, and. I'm like, where is he going to fit in at? Because you have McMichael on, what, the third line. He's been playing well. He's actually, you know, even though he's a rookie, he's been, you know, playing a good 200-foot game. He has nine goals, and he's been effective. And then on your fourth line, that's your grinder line. That's your, you know, your physical when you need to calm things down. Your second line with Nikki and uh, Oshi and uh, who's the other one on that line? Is it, no, Sherry's on the third line. Who's on the second line? Backstrom, Oshi, and but my question is, where does he fit in, and what does he bring to the team that can help take put them over the hump? I really don't know what he brings to the table that can help this team be better. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I it depends on who he's trying to fill the void for. I guess uh, I I don't think that he's going to be that physical guy. I think defensively he is better. Uh, than what we were seeing from Sprong. I mean, Sprong at times was a turnstile. Like, I, I like Sprong a lot, but, I mean, there's a reason why so many teams have moved on him in such a short period of time. It's, it, it just – playing last time I checked. I, I, I know, but, but also, like, when, you, when you're put to be the best player of a really terrible team, it's a whole different spotlight and a whole different situation. He was never going to be – that's not what we needed him. You know, we needed him – to fill a role and be better defensively. And it just wasn't. And he got an obvious doghouse. And I don't know if that's right or wrong. And I, 
Laviolette seems to think that Johansson's actually playing well. He just hasn't scored yet on the offensive side. He thinks defensively, and he's picking up the system pretty quickly, and he seemed pretty happy about him. Now, I don't know if that's lip service or, or what the deal is with that, but uh, you know, he's not, he's not chewing him out yet. He's not saying, you know, I'm done with the guy. Right. So like, and I don't think he would. So, so where have they been putting him at? They've been, so where has he been in? I haven't even really, that's the thing. I haven't on the even top line. They were putting him on the t- number they one. They still line. got him on the top line. Well, today they've demoted him back to the third line, which I think is the right line for him. So let's see how he does on, I think the right line. So who are they, who are they taking out for the third line? Uh, so McMichael isn't playing again. So it's going to be Sherry on one side, him on the other. We're all, they're also switching wings, right? So Janssen, I think, bet, plays better on his strong hand than his offhand. He's been playing on his offhand side the first couple of games. So they flip him to the other side, put Connor Sherry on the other side of, of Eller, centering that line. I think it could be solid. I, I'm curious to see. So Because um, I think that it puts also Tom Wilson back on the top two lines, which I think is needed. Uh, I didn't he's like him. McMichael out, and he's, he's well, McMichael's playing terrible at wing. So, like, you either put him at center or not, but you're not going to play him over Eller. Yeah, you're not going to play him over Eller. I know Eller's having a tough season, but you got to let him fight through that. I mean, it, I wouldn't even necessarily Eller's having a tough season. He's just been on fucking COVID list too many times. Right, well, and injured. It's it's just like I say that, and, and what's the player that they got that was that's injured that they got to the trade deal? Oh. I don't even know this guy. Oh, uh, well, no, it wasn't, there was a rookie guy that was playing, um, uh, that was playing pretty well as uh, Axel AJ. Uh, yeah, because he had he has speed, and that's something we can use. I can say Mojo isn't the same dude he was when we had him the first time. He doesn't have that speed. And it seems sometimes he doesn't even have that same skill that he had before when he was here. Yeah, I agree. Gil is commenting on Facebook, which is a shame because Michael was finally playing better as a center. And I agree. Like, But it's just, it's hard. I don't really, it's not an easy job for Laviolette. I know there's a lot of people that are armchair GMs you know, on Facebook saying this is better, that's better, whatever. But like, when you look at it, we've got a lot of really good, solid players. And we got to sort of figure out where the chemistry is. What question and, to you, Robbie? Yeah. If McMichael, you know, say you put him at center, because we know Eller is versatile. He's been able to move around a lineup before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about putting McMichael at center and putting and Eller him on? Thing and take Sprung out? Or not Sprung, uh, take Sherry out? No, I'm just saying having Michael play center and having keep the line the same, just putting Michael at the center position. And just take Eller out? No, put him in McMichael's position. But I'm saying McMichael's not playing. Eller's playing. No, I'm just saying if you because they want to line together. And oh, by taking him out, they're putting Mojo you're taking on off the line though, Carol. Say that again. You have to pick somebody to come off the line. Who's coming off the line on the third line? Is, no, because right now it's it's Eller. Mojo and, and, and Sherry. Yeah. So if you so, but Sherry before off. but before it was Eller, Sherry, and McMichael. Right. So what if we put McMichael at center and put Eller where McMichael was and keep Sherry on the line? Would you try that? But but where's Johansson then go? The bench. <laughs> <laughs> no, you gotta let no, I don't I don't think he's no. I, I think that he's better defensively. 
than McMichael. So I don't know if that would work. And I don't know if Eller is as good as a winger. I mean, I understand he is versatile and you could throw him there, but I I I don't know if I would do that. I would rather try that than have Mojo on the top line. I, I agree. But let's so let's try Mojo on the third line, see how that works. And, and, we'll, and we'll let's see. Up. Yeah, we'll see what it what it do. Well, no, we're playing against Tampa Bay, a very good team. We'll know very quickly how if this is going to work or not. Uh, we've got a tough schedule coming up. Let's get into that last game, uh, that Minnesota game, because I don't think you have anything more to say about the Carolina blowout, right? Like, okay. mm, no, nah, I just did Tom Wilson with some ass in the third period. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, uh, the wild game was a really shitty start to the game. Two shots, two goals, 36 seconds, minute 37 in, two nothing. Second period, they add another one. Third period, right at the beginning, add another one. It's already 4 nothing. just at the beginning of the third. I, I couldn't even turn it on at that point. Like, again, it's one of those situations where, like, if it's close in the second, I'm going to turn it on. But after putting my son to sleep, it's hard to get motivated if we're getting our ass kicked already by, like, the time I turn it on. I'm like, I don't know. There's a lot that I could be doing. So I, the Caps need to have better effort in the first half of games to at least be in the game, in my opinion. I mean, I, I know we cover it. I should watch all the games, but uh, t- the fans are going to get on them. And I, you see them, like, the fans are just going crazy in these groups. I know you hate the groups, but like, but, <laughs> but, but at the same time, like, I mean, some groups are going, are fine, but like, everyone's pointing fingers, you know, who's the issue? Is it Sammy? Then VTech has some bad games, you know. I mean, this game, like we said, it, it was a week in between games. So that's already, you know, when you, especially when you're playing a team like the Wild. The Wild are an aggressive defensive team and they pounce on you. They have aggressive forecheck. They believe in taking time and space away. And by the time I got a chance to check the game, it was already 2 nothing. So I didn't really get a chance to look at the game. But I'm, after what it being almost a week off between games, you're playing against a team that's been playing on a regular, that's a good team that, you know, when it tops in the league in offense and defense, I I can chalk that one up. I can chalk that one up. But these games going forward are very crucial. And we've seen this team battle back after a bad loss or a couple of bad losses. They were outscored, what, 6-2? I mean, 11-2 in the last two games. So... And there's something about some teams just have really good matchups, right? Like the Wild crushed us or they beat us in Minnesota. I remember that game as well. I have a friend of mine. I feel so bad. He he went to both those games. He traveled to Minnesota. Then he came to this game thinking it was the rematch game. Um, And uh, he did get a puck signed by Tom Wilson today. So I'm sure that he's having a good day, even if last night was a a shitty night to uh, experience in person. But yeah, just, just a tor- terrible loss. And uh, let's just move in. I know it's already 9 and 45. Let's just go talk about this upcoming schedule real quick. Uh, Tampa Bay on Wednesday, April 6th, the 7.30 game. Um, that game is on TNT. I just wanted to point that out. So it's a nationally televised game, big time game. Saturday at Pittsburgh, it's a 3 o'clock game. That game is on ABC. So another nationally televised game. And I hate day games and I hate them on the weekend and I hate them against Pittsburgh. It's everything I hate in the game. Uh, and then uh, they have to play the next day, uh, Boston. We get to play them in Washington, but a 130 game. So it's not even 24 hours later, Carol. And uh, that game uh, is also on TNT. Yeah. So the three national televised games 
and we are not looking great going into them. So I just want to get your thoughts on uh, on those upcoming matchups that we'll uh, be breaking down next week. All right, the Tampa Bay game. I mean, first of all, like you said, the last two games, they haven't looked uh, like the Capitals we're used to seeing. And uh, I'm sure Coach put them through, you know, some grueling practices to get them back locked in. So that's kind of why I'm not really too anxious about it, even though it is a, a hell of a matchup for the next three games. And like you said, two of them are early games. And you know how sometimes the Capitals – don't fare well in those games, but um, and back to back, and against specifically those teams. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I say, Tampa Bay. I was actually, I don't know why, but the other day I was watching the 2018 Stanley Cup run. I was watching the, you know, the Stanley Cup film, and <clears throat> excuse me, and saw how they dominated Tampa Bay in those last two games of the series to take it in seven, shutting them out in both of those games. That was a crazy, crazy series. Yeah, by being physical and taking away time and space and hustling and playing 60 minutes of hockey. So I'm thinking my thought process with this team, the way they've played and battled through adversity throughout this whole season, I think they're going to be ready for these three uh, matchups. One, as we spoke about earlier, with the Islanders playing, you know, pretty good hockey, only 11 points behind. They know they have to, you know, put it together because it's not locked in that they're in the eighth seed, but they still got some hockey to go before they can lock in that eighth seed. So I, I feel against Tampa, you know, Tampa's a good team, but the team has beat Tampa earlier this year and beat them impressively. So they have beaten all of these teams impressively this year just by playing Capitals hockey and doing it for 60 minutes. So I'm not saying they're going 3-0, and but it's definitely these three games are going to be a great indicator going into this final stretch and going into the playoffs if and when they lock in the eighth spot. And as I mentioned, going against Florida and Carolina, uh, two of the top teams in the East and have been for the whole season. So uh, we saw in 18, you know, they were top, you know, top seed. They had the home ice advantage in the first series, but also first two at home and then won four straight on it, you know, to win the series. So the all the ingredients are there. It's just the fact that they're gonna be able to get everything together and get locked in like we saw in that 2018 round. And I think this stretch, especially these next three games, are gonna be a good indicator of where this team is at, even though they're coming off of two bad losses. And representing those Caps groups, Robbie, I mean I don't understand how they're so rabid. I mean, they won in 2018. Now, I understand the Washington Commanders fans being upset. They haven't even, you know, sniffed the NFC Championship game since 1992. So I understand them being rabid and being upset at every little thing that comes out. But I, I just don't get the Cats fans, you know. I understand they've been good for a long time and never won it all. Then they finally won it all. And it's been only four years since they won the Cup. And you have fans that's, you know, ready to jump off the bridge and fire this person, and this person sucks and trade this person. Come on, man. Yeah. Pump your brakes. Slow it down. You know, just relax. We know hockey is a difficult sport. 16 wins against the Stanley Cup. And we've seen this team do it before. The hardest way winning on the road, clinching on the road all four series. So, Pump your brakes, y'all. Just, you know, just be easy, man. Take a breath, you know. Go take a shot or something. You'll be all right. 
Yeah. I, scoring update, UNC 22, Kansas 18. UNC went on a nice little run there. They've been playing much better basketball. So that's exciting. As a big Tar Heel fan, uh, they are in the national championship. If you're just getting in live, they are my pick to be the champion. And the, my pick for the runner-up was Kansas. So uh, this my bracket is still intact, but obviously there's still a long ways to go in this game. Uh, but it's giving me hope that they're, uh, they're taking it to Kansas and uh, they're doing much better than a lot of people would predict an, an eight seed to do against uh, a number one seed in the finals. So uh, that makes me excited. We'll talk about that more in the second hour. And um, but uh, so we talked about the Tampa Bay game. Did you, you want to talk any more about the Pittsburgh or Boston game before we uh, move on to baseball? Uh, Pittsburgh, we know, you know, that's going to be a grueling battle, how they roll this rivalry in uh, Boston. I just want, I just want Tom Wilson just to punch uh, Brad Marchand through the ice. That, that'd be, they could lose the game seven to nothing, but as long as he knocks Marchand's head onto the ice, I'll be happy. Yeah. I, um, I hope we crush all three of these teams. I hate all of them, uh, but I will be excited if we can win two out of three. I'll put it that way. I, I am not. Um, I mean, I think we're better than Boston, but I mean, that's still going to be a tough back-to-back game, but we, I'd really like us to beat this Tampa Bay game because it's at home. I mean, I'd really like to find some way to win all three. I hate Pittsburgh, but um, I, I think at Pittsburgh is going to be a tough one at three o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. That's, I think we could win this Tampa Bay Wednesday game or hopefully make it close in that Sunday Boston game. So those are my predictions as we beat Tampa Bay and Boston lose to Pittsburgh, but I really hate Pittsburgh. So I really hope that we'll find a way to win all three of them. Um, I don't know if you want to give your thoughts before uh, we uh, switch gears to baseball on this. Uh, Yeah, I would love for them to uh, win all three. It would be great to do that, but, uh, you know, two out of three, I'd be good, but, you know, win all three, that means they were locked in playing Capitals hockey, playing defense, and playing 200-foot hockey. And if they do that, I would love to see it, especially drawn into the tail end of the season and getting ready for the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's bring Brian Brennan in here. I'll let you guys uh, talk a little bit of baseball. How are you doing, Brian? I'm good, guys. How are you guys doing? Happy Monday. Happy Monday, Brian. <laughs> Uh, the Carolina Tar Heels are up 22. Yeah, man, you're, you're close right to now. winning. You're, you're, you've got a good chance at this thing. You've got a good chance. I know. I, know. I don't want to get too excited because I don't need yeah. either. But, yeah, it's going to be either you or Lee, it looks like, in this bracket challenge. Yeah, that's 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 really cool. All right, well, I am going to mute myself and let you guys uh, chit-chat a little bit of baseball. I'm going to still be uh, in chat um, uh, but uh, with all the different groups. But, uh, yeah, break down this upcoming uh, uh, season for both baseball in general uh, but also uh, the Nationals. And, of course, I know you'll talk about the Yankees. And then uh, I'll come back and we'll talk a little bit of soccer uh, when I return. All right, sounds good, sounds good. Brian B., what's going on, man? We got DP3, what's up, man? What's going on, man? We got baseball around the corner. You know, I've been feeding for for a little while. I've been going through some baseball withdrawal, some Juan Soto withdrawal, honestly, because <laughs> uh, I'm hoping they get that contract extension done because uh, – I couldn't take a yeah I, I I I couldn't take losing Max Bryce and Juan Soto and Rendon in a in a, in a four years span. I I think I couldn't even watch baseball no more. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you for that. Especially Soto. If they lose Soto, I mean that would be 
devastating. After all the guys you mentioned, they've lost over the previous years to lose. I mean, not arguably the best player of that group would be devastating. So I, I'm personally hoping Soto sticks around. I think the Nats are going to have to have a, a good season or two to really convince him to sign the contract. But yeah, I hope they stay six around too, man. Uh, one of the things that I saw when the articles I read that uh, Nelson Cruz being on the team is a uh, Definitely a good thing is him and Nelson Cruz being both from the Dominican. They formed a you know relationship off the field, and the fact that now he's on the team, I'm hoping that you know gives him some good feelings about you know hopefully staying. And then you know you got Parra back. He was designated for the minor league contract. He's uh, working his way back into MLB shape. Um, I, I just can't see this kid. If like I said, if this this kid goes somewhere else, man, I'm gonna. I'm going to be sick. I was upset when Rendon left. I understand, you know, Strasburg and Don pitching, yada, yada, yada. I get it. But, yeah, I like Rendon. I love Rendon when he was here, man. So cool, calm, and collected, especially at the plate. Great third baseman, you know, consummate pro. And if we can't get Soto locked in, bro, you know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what's going to happen, bro. I might got to, you know, I might be out <laughs> National Park with a picket sign or something, man. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, you can do like a protest. You you can block off the stadium or something. <laughs> you yeah, like the truckers. Looking at, yeah, looking at these nationals. Um, <laughs> in the spring training, they've won two games. I don't even want to get into their record, but they've only won two games. Um, I'm trying to find the updated roster with some of the guys that they sent down and that are locked in for the roster spot. Uh, I know they reassigned Trace Barrera. He was one of the pieces of the Max Scherzer trade. He's uh, been had a decent uh, spring training. They like what they see at the plate. They like what they see behind the plate. And they think that he's definitely going to be a catcher of the future. Riley Adams looked like he's made the team. Uh, Kyber Ruiz had a good game in the last game. They just won. He had a four-hit game also with the uh, home run. Uh, Strasburg um, still having some issues with the neck. I uh, heard that he's uh, possibly going back to the windup. If you recall, maybe four years ago, he uh, took the stretch out of his uh, pitching motion, no matter if it was a runner on base or not. And it seemed to help him stay healthy for a stretch because with his awkward delivery and him being, you know, so lanky and tall, that they said that he would have issues with his throw motion. That's why he went from, you know, throwing from the stretch to not throwing from the stretch. Now they're incorporating it back into his mechanics to see if that can help alleviate some of the issues in his neck and his throwing uh, elbow, which, you know, he had Tommy Johns on. Um, Josiah Gray, he had an up-and-down start the other day. He's, you know, you see the potential there, but, you know, he's still young. You know, he's still uh, you know, developing. Uh, you know, he re-signed Anibal Sanchez. He didn't have the greatest uh, start a couple of days ago. I believe him and the other pitcher combined for 20 earned runs given up. So, I mean, we've seen this before with this team, you know, especially with the spring training, with the lockout and everything. So it's shortened. And, you know, team folks aren't in their rhythm because they would normally be at a certain point in their training and in spring training, but it got pushed back, yada, yada, yada. But I'm hoping for some good things from this team. It has a lot of youth. You know, it has some veterans. And, you know, we've seen it before. You know, it takes a little time for the team to get itself together in 1931. And that, you know, 
World Series championship run and they, you know, got things locked in, figured things out and went on that historic run. So um, I can't wait to see what this team is going to do. You know, I miss some of the, you know, Trey, I miss Max, you know, I'm definitely going to hate one of them against Max and uh, with the Mets. That's, that's going to be torture watching him pitch against us. But um, this team has potential, you know, we're going to see what it do. You know, some folks say it's a total rebuild. Some folks say, you know, there's potential, but we won't know until they get on the field, get in the groove and, you know, see what happens. But uh, I definitely, I'm definitely anxious to see where this team is going to, you know, start out and end up with this upcoming season, especially with this, your favorite universal DH. <laughs> hey man, they wouldn't have even signed Nelson Cruz if it wasn't for the universal DH. That's, that's why I'm not really. That's I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying for to Nelson Cruz. I'm, I'm trying to embrace it, Brian. But I, I, <laughs> I just find it hard. I have to. I guess we got to start getting to the games. And I, you know, once he hit his first home run in the regular season, I think that might alleviate it. But it's there like, you go. It's just you know I, I miss the whole dynamic of you know the double switch and having to worry about you know who's coming up next and if you have enough pitchers and you have a right-handed pitcher in the bullpen is the pitcher going to have to hit or you want to pinch it for him that i love that whole strategy that goes into it with the nl game i'm gonna miss that in the late innings of the game and trying to figure out the manager trying to figure out what he's going to do when he's down and running the pitcher coming up you got a man on with two out and you need this base hit to get the you know the tie the game i'm gonna miss that aspect of it yeah, um, I, like you said, as soon as Nelson Cruz hits his first home run as a national, <laughs> you're going to forget about all of that. I don't need to beat a dead horse. <laughs> you know how I feel about the Universal DH. I think it's great. And like I said, you're, I think you're going to be a big fan of it, too, once you stop seeing, you know, instead of pitchers going up there and looking at three straight strikes, you're going to see actual hitters. So I, I think you're going to be fine with it, the CP3. I think you're going to be all right. Home run, that, that, that shit is great, man. Uh, yeah, but that's like once in a blue moon, dude. Like, that happens, like, so rare. Like, that's but so... It, but when you're there to see it, it's like, yeah, I was here to I, see I know, it. <laughs> I know it's exciting, but, like, it, I'd actually rather see, like, an actual hitter. I, I really would. I know we've debated this thousands and thousands of times, but, dude, I, 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 I can't with pitchers hitting. I understand, man. You're an AL guy. I get it. You're an AL. Yep. I used to be an Orioles fan, so I knew I used to love Harold Baines and all of those, you know, DHs. But once I came to the National League, man, I I just love that whole strategy part of it. I feel like that's pure baseball. That adds a whole nother nuance to the game and makes it that much more intricate and that much more crucial, especially in this analytic-driven league now, to actually have to, you know make a real decision, not based off of numbers. Like, what am I going to do in this situation? You know, boom, boom, boom. So I'm going to miss it. But, you know, like you say, it is what it is. All sports change, all sports yep. adapt. So, like I say, I'm going to do a screaming and I'm going to do a screaming and crying, but I'm going to have to adapt <laughs> to the new universal DH. Yep. So what does your Yankees have in store? I know they are over the luxury taxes always. What <laughs> big names did they sign this year to try to make their – famous infamous world series run well the, the thing that most yankee fans are complaining about this offseason is the fact that they didn't really make too many big free agent signings they are coming in with their highest payroll ever according to their gm uh brian cashman but a lot of the fans are really pissed at the yankees because they didn't sign carlos correa from the astros they didn't sign trevor story from the rockies they didn't sign freddie freeman to play first base they didn't 
really go out there and make too many trades. They're, they're coming in with, you know, it's, it's a different roster, but it's still a lot of the same pieces here and there. Um, I, so there's really, I don't know what the Yankees are going to do this season. Personally, even as a fan, I, I, I would love for the, I'd love to sit here and say they're going to, you know, win hundred games and win the division, but I don't know. Their division is so tough. Toronto looks really, really good. They barely missed out on the playoffs last year and they only got better this off season. The Rays are always good. You, know, you can't count out the Red Sox as much as I hate them. Can't count out the Red Sox. And the Yankees are right in the mix too. It's going to be the toughest most competitive division in all of baseball. It's going to be an absolute dogfight all season. And hopefully the Yankees come through. Uh, also, they absolutely, you know, you talked about Juan Soto uh, and his contract extension. I like, I, I agree with you that I hope Juan Soto signs with the Nationals, but I'm much more hoping that Aaron Judge signs a contract extension with the Yankees. Uh, they are working on a deal and trying to get it done before opening day. Uh, they need to lock Aaron Judge down. He is the face of not only the Yankees franchise, but in my opinion, the face of New York sports across the board. So hopefully they lock down Aaron Judge, preferably before opening day, which is this Thursday. Uh, but yeah, I literally can't tell you where the Yankees are going to finish. Could be anywhere from first place to fourth place. I, I don't know. All we know is that the Orioles are coming in last. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw uh, someone, uh, I'm not sure who wrote an article that said that, the odds of the Orioles winning the World Series, like it's going to be a long summer for Baltimore fans. Yeah, sorry, Tim. Sorry. It's it's going to be a long summer in Baltimore. Yeah. Like I said, I was an Orioles fan way back in like the late 90s. So, I mean, the sad fact that they're still chasing a championship after all of these years. And I said it then and I'll say it now. Peter Angelos is the worst owner in MLB history. <laughs> and as long as he owns that team, they're going to be left. It's and true. It's true. I'm sorry for Baltimore fans. Like I said, I used to root for y'all. I used to. I was out the Camden Yard, you know, out there. But, yeah, uh, the way some of the Commanders fans feel about Daniel Schneider, I feel the same way about Peter Angelos. <laughs> but, uh, Wrapping up this baseball segment, I know you guys got a lot of basketball to talk with the NBA and the uh, NCAA that's going on right now. Um, just, Brian, let me get you a quick uh, synopsis of the meat of this order that's going to be coming up with Juan Soto apparently going to be back number two, uh, Nelson Cruz behind him, and Josh Bell behind him. With those... That's Sorry to interrupt. I, I think that's definitely sorry, Carol. I think that's a good two through four of the lineup for the Nationals. It's mm -hmm. everywhere else in the lineup that I'm concerned about for this team. Uh, they're they're definitely a really young outside of those three guys. Like those are, you know, I mean, Josh Bell's a great. He's been around in this league for a while. He can really hit. He can field as well. And, you know, we saw it last year with this team. He played most of first base, uh, even with Zim on the team. And um, yeah, I thought Josh Bell was great for the team. And I've already pontificated about how I think Nelson Cruz is going to be great uh, for this team. Uh, he could be – it is only a one-year deal. So if the Nationals do struggle this season, which they might, uh, Nelson Cruz could end up being a trade candidate down the road. Uh, and obviously Soto, who is one of the odds-on favorites for uh, NL MVP this season. Um, and, and, yeah, I, I think that's a great two through four in the lineup, but it's everywhere else. I'm a little bit concerned about with this team when it comes to offense, at least. 
Yeah, you know, I uh, saw Robles. He avoided arbitration today. You know, he's not the stellar guy at the plate. I wish he would try to bunt more with his speed instead of trying to hit for power. Um, like I said, you got power down in the uh, minor side, the minor league deal. He's always a good uh, injection into the lineup, spirit, uh, hustle, a great locker room guy. Um, Luis Garcia, you know, second base. He's an I like Garcia. Garcia is a good player. Yeah, he definitely has potential, you know. That's the one thing you miss with the veterans uh, on the team that we used to have to help, you know, to give the tutelage to the young guys, show them how to prepare, show them how to practice. But as I shared the article with you, Brian, about Nelson Cruz, they say that's one of his strong points, uh, mm-hmm. working with the young guys, teaching them the right way to be in the game, to play the game, and how to train and be in shape for, uh, you know, the 162-game season. Um, Andrew Stevenson, I saw that they optioned him down. He's been one of the better pinch hitters for the team. Uh, Lane Thomas, center field. He'll be back in the Robles, and he still can play. I believe he can play right or left. Also, he was a nice piece that I liked last year that they added to the team. He had the hunger, the hustle, and wanted to be out there no matter what. And uh, I guess we got to talk about the the pitching of this team because that's always been a strong suit of the Nationals while we wrap this segment up. we spoke with Strauss, Strasburg. We spoke about Sanchez. We spoke about the side gray. Uh, you still got Joe Ross. Uh, you got Vaughn, who they moved to the bullpen. And uh, Eric Fetty, who I wrote an article about years ago, that I thought that he could take that next step. It's taking a little bit longer for him to do that. They've uh, added Sean Doolittle, brought him back. Uh, and you got Patrick Corbin as your opening day starter. Uh, how do you feel about this? Uh, Nats pitching, pitching rotation, bullpen, and starting five uh, going forward. But we know that, like I said, the Nationals have been known for always having strong pitching. How do you, you know, you being our baseball guy, I know I know a little bit, but I always take my hat off to you because you are definitely a student of the game. How do you feel about this Nats pitching uh, situation right now? Um, yeah, I think the starting pitching is definitely solid. You mentioned Strasburg's obviously coming off of a pretty heavy-duty injury. Um, the last time we really saw him hundred percent healthy was in the world series in 2019. So he's got to bounce back from that Corbin, I think had a rough year last year, but he's got really good potential. Um, I, and yeah, I guess, I guess he is starting opening day against the Mets. So uh, we'll see what Corbin does there. Um, I'm glad Annabelle Sanchez is back. I, I love Josiah Gray. Uh, I think that, you know, they obviously got him in the Scherzer trade and I think he could be a really huge addition for this team. Uh, he's really young, but he's got electric stuff. Uh, as far as the bullpen go, and Joe Ross, of course, Joe Ross as well. He's been around the team for a while. Um, he's solid as well. The bullpen, I mean, we saw it last year. This bullpen has had some major issues last season. That um, was not good at times. They blew some heavy-duty leads last season. Um, uh, Will Harris, I, I think, could be good for this team. Out of the, I, I know you're not a huge Will Harris fan, but I think – uh, he could be all right out of this bullpen. I'm glad Dew is back. I'm, I love Dew. Dew is one of my favorites from that 2019 team, so I'm glad Dew is back. Uh, but I'm hoping the bullpen does better than last season. I mean, last season was a disaster for the bullpen. They got to bounce back in a big way. They won't have any chance of finishing any better than fourth place, honestly. Bullpen's got to do its job. You know, along with Doolittle, they've actually brought back Tyler Clippert also. Oh, nice. Another former Yankee, too. 
Yeah, that's crazy. You know, going to the, I, I love Tipper when he was here. He was always locked in. He was the closer and the setup guy, and he was always effective in either role. So I'm definitely anxious to see what this team is going to bring to the field this year. Like I said, we've been so used to the stellar pitching uh, with the starting rotation. I even started the hashtag Fear the Aces, but they had so many quality pitchers that they all could be considered aces. So uh, now we're going through a little developmental phase with some of these pitchers. We saw in the past how we developed them. Some we traded away, some we kept, some developed well, some didn't. So uh, this is what it's all about. You know, Mike Rizzo has done a great job since he's been here, uh, evaluating talent, bringing in the right people at the right time. And hopefully we can get that locked in again. We have some, like I said, some old pieces from the, the old days, some pieces from the World Series championship run. So let's see what they're doing. Always good. Ryan is still associated with the team, even though he's not playing. Mm-hmm. He's retired. So his knowledge and uh, great skills at the plate, on and off the field, to the loose knowledge, all of that good stuff is definitely going to add to this Nets team and roster. So uh, I can't wait to see what happens in, uh, starting into 2022 with the new season and uh, – you know, let's go next. Yeah, I'll just add, I think the Nats can actually get off to a somewhat decent start. They're playing the Mets in the first series of the season. And um, the Mets are right now, they're down. Jacob deGrom is out until at least June, apparently. He's dealing with some issues in his shoulder. So he's out for opening day. And Scherzer, who would be the backup to deGrom for opening day, he's also currently dealing with a hamstring injury. So Scherzer could also be out for opening day. So the Mets are down. Potentially their top two pitchers could be good news for the Nats on opening day, I think. Well, I'm sorry to hear that Max isn't feeling well, but uh, I'm not sorry that Max is not feeling well. Yeah. Wish he was still here. I, I love that dude, his intensity and the way he pitched and just his whole outlook on everything uh, baseball related. He was great, a great mentor, and I feel like he was a very key piece to Strasburg, you know, getting locked in in that World Series run and learning what it meant to be a number one pitcher and how to prepare and how to stay healthy because he had his healthiest years when Max was here. So hopefully, uh, you know, Strasburg can turn into that guy that we saw Max uh, saw Max was uh, throughout his Nationals career. And it's going to suck to see him in them damn Yank, uh, Mets colors. <laughs> I wish it was the Yankees, but yeah. I would, I would rather he would be with the Yankees. <laughs> I would rather he would be with the Yankees. Yeah, uh, me too. Yeah, we might need to ride out, man. You know, I, I might got to be on the side. <laughs> I'm get him out of the NL East, then. It's so weird. It's so, it's just, I, I don't get it either, man. I don't get it either, him going to the Mets. I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't like it one bit. He was my favorite pitcher. He was like, top three all-time favorite nationals pitchers for me right like i mean he it's so and to see him on the mets too of all teams, teams the I mets. Got to all four teams carol all four teams in the division one person in person saw it like he's got so many great wins that i've gotten to see like so many of my favorite wins it's just so hard to see him on that team yeah yeah i know man i just and then trey you know how much i love trey turner man it's Rendon, yeah, I was well, like I told you, I watched the world. So I, I, I was in the championship mode up night. I watched the Capitals championship <laughs> film and I watched the Nationals World Series run. And yeah, I, I miss those dudes, man. I miss them. 
Yeah, for well, sure. No, Real quick, yeah. I just want to give a quick scoring update. North Carolina is beating Kansas 38 to 23. They're on over four and a half minute scoring drought, Kansas is. And mm-hmm. uh, North Carolina has taken a huge run oh. here. And I mean, that's just a heat check at this point. But yeah. wow. Um, but anyway, up 38 23 with one minute left in this uh, uh, first half. Uh, we'll get Tim's perspective of that in just a minute. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's been a very very exciting game if you're a North Carolina Tiger Hill fan, which I am. Uh, but I've loved your guys' baseball talk. I'm excited uh, for uh, the Nats to start uh, next week, and it's always a big and exciting thing for us because we always try to start our season, you know, season seven with the start of the baseball season. Uh, we always have tried to tie it together, and uh, uh, so it's kind of fun uh, that it's another season to get the catch of them. And I'm just so excited. Uh, that I have this banner back here, right? Because when I started this, this didn't exist. I didn't think they would win in 2019. And so I'm uh, super excited to see if uh, they can somehow find a way to return to glory. I know that on paper, they don't look like an amazing team this year, but in 2019, uh, they were not expected to do what they were able to do. So you just never know. Uh, Teams just come together sometimes. So uh, I'm hoping for good things, but uh, Brian, I wanted to switch gears uh, for one second. And so while we had Carol on the line, because I think it's important. Can you give a uh, U.S. men's soccer update? Because uh, they they clinched the a, uh, a being able to get into the group play, and uh, just talk about that real quickly and the group that we got into. Just because I want um, people to know, I think it's important because U.S. soccer didn't make it last time. Yeah. Um, so the we did officially clinch our spot in the World Cup in Qatar. Uh, the World Cup is being played this November. Um, we went through a grueling qualifying stage. Uh, it, was, it was pretty rough, but we did eventually get through along with Canada and Mexico to get to the World Cup in 2022. Um, so we were drawn into Group B at the World Cup. The draw was last Friday. We are playing uh, England, Iran, and the winner of a playoff between uh, Scotland, Wales, and Ukraine. Obviously, with Ukraine being involved, they can't really play that right now for obvious reasons. So they're waiting on that. Uh, once that's played, we'll know who the fourth team in our group is. But uh, it's really exciting. Obviously, I'm a huge fan of the U.S. men's national team. And I just love these guys, man. Like, I love this team. I encourage everybody to fo- start following, the, start getting to know these guys ahead of the World Cup. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited. I think we can definitely get out of that group. I know England likes to talk a lot of smack and they have been talking a lot of smack since the draw happened, but we can beat England. I mean, I, I, I have confidence in these guys. I, I think they have all the potential in the world led by Christian Pulisic, Tyler Adams, Weston McKenney. These, these guys are ballers. I, I love them. Um, and I really like our chances. So if I, I'm just my message before I, I sign off for the night is I encourage everybody to, you know, get to know the U S men's national team a little bit. You have a, a few months here before the world cup starts uh, in November. It's a winter world cup this year because of the insane heat in Qatar. And uh, I just encourage everybody to get to know these guys. They're a great team. Uh, I, I, I love, I, I'm a huge fan and um, I, I think we can definitely make some noise in this world cup with the way our draw came out. Yeah, one last uh, question I had for you um, was just about uh, how um, DC United is doing. I know they lost to Atlanta United yeah. uh, in uh, the game. Uh, my cousin actually came from out of town. He um, 
uh, playing um, in a local uh, uh, exhibition match and then uh, watch that game. Uh, it's the Battle of the Uniteds. They lost it one nothing. Uh, they also lost to Toronto 2-1 to uh, on March 19th. Uh, and the Chicago Fire uh, 2-0 on March 12th. Uh, what are your thoughts so far on a 2-0-3 uh, season for the D.C. United? Yeah, it looked like they were going to get off to a pretty good start. They started um, – they won their first two games of the season, but ever since then, it's all been downhill. They get shut out by um, a Chicago team that actually hasn't lost a game yet in MLS this season. And then they go to Toronto, uh, a place that's always tough to play, and they lose that game. Uh, two to one. And then uh, the game against Atlanta, just a tough one, nothing loss against a good Atlanta United team. I mean, these streaks happen in MLS. It's one of the most up and down leagues in the entire world, really, when it comes to soccer. So um, I, I still think they could, they could still make some noise. I don't, I don't think they're the greatest team in the world by any means, but I still think they could make some noise. I'm trying to pull up the schedule now to see who they right, have. Next. Coming, the next game is Saturday, April 16th against Austin FC. Okay, Austin. Austin is um, Austin's an all right team. Uh, they're in a recent expansion team. Uh, they they're right now. They would be in the playoffs. But they're still, like I said, still a lot of season to go. And um, it looks like I guess DC United has this week off because uh, they're not playing this weekend. But uh, we'll see that. We'll see what that Austin game. That that should be a good test for DCU. Yeah. So I just wanted to give a little since we're talking soccer, uh, talk yep. about United as well. But. Uh, Brian, thank you for joining us. I, and I just wanted to say uh, Carolina got a buzzer beater uh, to go up. I believe it's up 15 points. Correct, it was a, yeah. yeah. So, point yeah. So they, they just broke 40 points and they're up 15 at halftime. So I'm hoping I hold on, Brian. I, yeah, I, man, you're close. Just, what's the prize? Was it ever decided? Uh, I think I'm just going to send you, I'll probably just send the winner, which I guess is looking like you. I'll probably just send you an Amazon gift card if that, that works. I'll knock on you. Super yeah. But uh, hopefully we're able to hold on. Uh, that would be awesome. And then a spot on your podcast, which would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I can get you on the podcast too, for sure. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, sounds good, Brian. Well, I, I will let you go. I know that you've got an early morning uh, tomorrow. Thank you for doing the, the tournament. Yeah, no problem. Um, and uh, breaking down uh, soccer and baseball with us. And, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, have a good night, guys. Talk to you later. All right, Brian. Take it easy, bro. All right, Carol. Well, I will um, let you say whatever that you wanted to say towards the end of, of your show, and then I can then bring uh, Arun and Champ and Tim on here, and we can talk about this um, college basketball game and the tournament, but also break down uh, the last couple of weeks for the Wizards as well. All right. Well, as always, we appreciate you guys. Tuning in, like I say, Robbie's Twitch feed blowing up, uh, all the things he got going on over there. Appreciate it as always. Uh, you can check out the YouTube channel or his channel or my channel, Carol for the Third with Three Eyes. Uh, check out the website, sportsothp.com. Robbie updated with the new season seven banner, graphics, and all of that good stuff. Got the podcast partners, bios, and all that. Make sure you check that out. And if you're in the market for a newer used vehicle, Make sure you hit me up down at Waldorf Honda 2450 Crane Highway. New, used, pre-owned, certified, leases, good credit, bad credit, no credit. Just come holler at me, give me a chance to earn your business. I guarantee we can make it happen for you. Uh, Robbie, I'll let you uh, take care of the basketball segment of the show. I'm about to get out of here. And as always, you know, DC sports without the politics. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a motto. It's what we do. Y'all have a great rest of the show, 
and I'm out. All right, thank you, Carol. I appreciate it. So, uh, yeah, we uh, uh, we'll bring in uh, a champ here, and um, I think uh, there we go. And then uh, we'll also bring in. Let's see if this works. Yep, there we go. And we can bring in Arun as well, and we can talk a little bit of college, a little bit of professional, I'll go back and forth a little bit because it is the championship uh, night. Um, and uh, so that's not rare merch, they took it off the store, so it's oh, like okay. now collector's edition. All right, well, that's yeah, kind of cool. I'll, I'll keep it uh, yeah, so, so uh, I might bring it back if anyone likes the um, the Mantha Ray shirt, I could always make a second version of it. Uh, but it was kind of funny. I was checking it the other day, I was like, oh, shit, that shit is not <laughs> even on the store anymore. So, um, you can also, uh, if, if you do like this one, uh, the, the burgundy and gold one. Uh, that one is on the store, which I like because you can be a commander's one. It could be a Washington football team. It could be a Redskins. It doesn't matter. It's just, you know, uh, burgundy and gold and our logo. So it's, uh, it's a little bit evergreen. Champ, I had so much fun uh, checking out your stream last night. Uh, it seemed like a really awesome WrestleMania. Uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm good. I actually have uh, my Undertaker figure sitting right here in honor of him going into the Hall of Fame this past weekend. He had one of the best Hall of Fame induction speeches I've ever heard. If you, even if you're not a wrestling fan, if you want to hear such a great inspirational speech, I would highly recommend going and finding that speech. I think it'll motivate you in your life just listening to it. Just my opinion. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. I'm a huge Undertaker fan. I'll definitely have to go check that out. And uh, uh, I grew up, that was, he was one of my favorites. And just his iconic run in uh, uh, WrestleMania, is, I think, is one of the coolest things that people will always talk about in sports, right? I mean, it's just whether or not you know anything about wrestling, you know who The Undertaker is, you know. And, I mean, maybe some people don't. But I mean, I would say anybody that lived in the 90s and like watched any sort of TV, he was just such a iconic figure and uh, a big part of my childhood for sure. So um, uh, that's awesome that they re uh, retired him. Um, and, um, you know, for the Hall of as he should be. Um, so I just wanted to talk, we talked briefly about it uh, before, but UNC just went on a huge run. So it was a, I believe it was 25-22 game with about five minutes left, and UNC runs it all the way up to 40-25. to 25. So it, it becomes uh, this huge run, which I know in NBA, there's a lot bigger runs than what we just saw there. But in college, we saw a similar run that UNC went on against Duke in their Duke game that sort of deflated them. Now, they've got an entire halftime to get adjustments. I expect Kansas to come out on fire. I expect this to be a very close game down the stretch. But... Uh, you want to take a, a lead like that in the halftime for sure um, versus it being a close game. Or I would have, if someone guessed, I would have thought UNC would be down at halftime. So um, I'm going to bring in Arun real quick. Arun, what are your thoughts on uh, the first half so far? Yeah, Kansas actually, I think they took an early lead and then North Carolina um, got back into it weirdly enough after Hubert Davis was interview where it looks like he lost his voice and sounded like a WWE wrestler. People were yeah. saying they would sound like Hulk Hogan. Um, but yeah, Kansas has been dominated over that stretch. They didn't score a field goal, I think, for like five minutes. And yeah, it was at least four and a half minutes. Yeah, I was watching the counter. I was like, that's crazy. Um, and I love that you say that because I, of course, haven't muted because I don't want any copyright strikes or whatever on, on this. But 
watching him, he kind of looked like a, you know, a, a wrestling character trying to psych up his team, <laughs> you know, so like, I, so I could only imagine how it must have sounded. Uh, but yeah, huge run, huge motivating factor. It's so interesting to watch him get interviewed, um, you know, because he was for so long, such an iconic person sort of in the media, you know, talking about it and then uh, being uh, an assistant coach and then working his way up. I mean, for this to be his first season as the UNC coach, where at the beginning of the season, they had this horrible loss to Duke uh, at home and people were like questioning it. And then suddenly like there's this huge resurgence and it's all because of that duke game they gained so so much momentum even though they didn't do great in the tournament i felt like that's why i picked them in this because i said Mm -hmm. if some team can go into duke and spoil the biggest moment up until that moment coach k's you know season and then to go from that to then do it on the biggest stage was pretty crazy but we'll get into march madness talk towards the end but um, I just wanted to give a little bit of assessment. And Tim, uh, what, what are your thoughts? I'm going to move your camera just a little bit uh, of that first half. Yeah, it's just crazy that North Carolina got down 7-0 and I think 9-2 and um, had such a big run at the end. Both teams really shot poorly the whole half, but North Carolina picked it up at, at the end of the first half and they just played with a lot of energy. And you can tell um, they were a little you know, had some jitters in the first couple of minutes, but once they got through it and really weren't down by a lot, they took the first Kansas punch. Um, they were able to dominate most of the first half. So it's looking really good for them. And Kansas just looks out of sorts. They've missed a lot of layups um, just in, in transition, some shots that they should have hit. So I think they're, they're just not very comfortable in their offense at all right now. Yeah, for sure. Um Ken, you're not watching it, right? You're usually watching wrestling, I assume. Well, usually I'm watching like YouTube videos, but I'm actually watching the Raw after WrestleMania because this is the first one with fans in two years. And just as I expected, this crowd is absolutely just rowdy and just all into it. And it's so much fun to watch. I, I miss this so much. I miss the crowds after WrestleMania, after a really good two nights of WrestleMania. Nice. That's awesome um so um all right but we'll we'll break in with more scoring updates as the second half goes but while we're at halftime it's a perfect time uh for us to break down the wizards i'm not going to spend the time to pull up all the stats of all of the games i'm going to go through (laughs) most of them uh just in general terms uh and then after each set of games i'll give get you guys to get a take on that set of games and we'll work our way through the schedule and then we'll talk about uh this upcoming week uh, they've already been knocked out of the playoffs. So yep. there's not a lot to talk about from that perspective. Uh, so, I mean, w- there is a question, I guess, of like how far down do you take the tanking? Uh, but um, we can get to that talk at the end, I guess. Uh, so if we rewind all the way back, we were watching a live 126 to 112 loss at Golden State uh, for our six year anniversary show, uh, which was a bummer. I'm not going to rehash that one. We unfortunately then lost on Wednesday, March 16th to Denver, 127 to 109. We lost on Friday at New York, 197. That was a really close game. Uh, And then we were able to beat the Lakers uh, in Washington, 127 to 119 on Saturday, March 19th. So Denver, Knicks, Lakers, I'll let each one of you guys pick a game that you want to talk about real quick, and then we'll we'll move on. Uh, Champ, I'll start with you. Uh, is there anything you want to talk about, either the Denver, New York, or Lakers game? 
I'll talk about the Knicks loss. I know Brian's not here. He's, he has an early night. But, I mean, Randall and Barrett absolutely carried this Knicks team to be able to hold off on the hold off the Wizards at home. Very tough loss for this team. Uh, Kyle Kuzma had 18 points on this one. But, unfortunately, again, like scoring-wise, offensively, it was, just really wasn't there enough. And, once again, as has been the narrative for this team, this season, the third quarter seems to be the, the the turning point for this team. They were outscored only by two, but as you notice, they lost by three. So it made a big difference in terms of the final score. So unfortunately, again, they were in a stretch where they needed to win as many of these games as possible. And unfortunately, they weren't able to win one like this one where they needed to win. And it's very unfortunate that they lost in such a dramatic fashion like they did. My dad is making a good point in Twitch chat that it's a game of two halves and Kansas will be strong in the second half. So it's too early to celebrate yet, which I agree. I think yeah. you know, Kansas is very good in the second half. Um, and I, I'm definitely not celebrating, but I definitely would rather be in this place than the closer game that I had expected at half uh, for sure. Um, uh, yeah, my, my dad says the Carolina game is crazy. I'm very worried about the second half. Yes, I am worried as well. All right. Um, uh, Arun, uh, pick a game between those three, um, the Denver, uh, well, or, or I'll let you pick between Denver and the Lakers. We'll just start. Making uh, I'll talk about the Lakers game. Um, LeBron passed Carl Malone, um, in scoring, but the Lakers had a, a fourth quarter collapse where they're outscored by 14 points. Porzingis had 16 of his 27 points. Um, and right now, the Wizards, even though they're not going to make the playoffs, they actually have a better record than the Lakers, given that they have one less loss, which is, if you said that before the season, you would think that the Wizards were competing for a championship, but they've actually, but the Lakers haven't been eliminated from the playoffs yet. And Russell Westbrook has been a disaster for the Lakers. He did have a good game against the Lakers, I mean, against the Wizards, but um, somebody um, pointed out that it's the same building where, Ovechkin uh, passed Yarmir Yager for third and all-time scoring. So it's pretty funny that LeBron has uh, um, passed Carl Malone, who's the number two all-time scorer. So some interesting yeah. history in uh, the Capital One Center or Capital One Arena. And yeah, uh, a bad win for Washington for tanking, but it's pretty funny that they won given that they had that Russell Westbrook trade. Yeah, for sure. All right. So this last game, this Nuggets game, Tim, I mean, <laughs> it's a situation where the, it was an awful first half and yeah. Joker went off, uh, I think it says 29 points here. So um, it was kind of just a game of where they like shot themselves in the foot early, right? Yeah, I mean, they were down 21 at half. So this was over very early. Uh, shout out to Denny for um, being the leading scorer, almost scoring 20 points, but they just got basically punked in the first half and were never in this game. Denver uh, had really balanced scoring, and um, they're a really good team this year, so the Wizards just couldn't really match up. But this was a good game for, for the tanking crew because the Wizards, you know, were never in it. So, um, you know, you can tell they just didn't really want to be there this night, and uh, they got kind of embarrassed and – the second half was better, but it's just sort of window dressing. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's um, 
break down the next set of three games. Uh, so at Houston on Monday, March 21st, um, this is a bad loss in my mind because Houston's trying to tank so bad. We lost that game 115-97. to 97. Uh, Then on Thursday, a couple days later, March 24th, at Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a tough out, so that's not a surprising loss. 114-102. to 102. Uh, And then on Friday at Detroit, a game that they kind of have to win at that point. Um, they won that game 100-97. to 97. Uh, So I'll start off with Champ again. Which, uh, which game do you want to break down? Uh, I want to break down the Rockets game because it's crazy to me that with this game, they lost by so much, but their biggest lead in this game was 23. So it wasn't like they trailed the entire game. They had a big lead in this game, yet the final result was they lost 115-97. Uh, Porzingis has actually absolutely turned out to be a great acquisition. He had a double-double in this game, but Christian Wood absolutely went off 39 with 10 boards. And it was just another one, another one of those situations. And what didn't help also was the three-point shooting. Rockets shot 51% from beyond the arc. The Wizards shot 20%. You're not going to win many games when you're not making shots from beyond the arc and your opponents are. So this was another one of those losses where they went up against a very lowly team in the Rockets and absolutely just got boat raced. It's, it, it, ooh, it's embarrassing, I'll tell you. Yeah, that's it's really embarrassing, especially because they're not even playing John Wall. Like I don't know, it's just the whole thing is seemingly ridiculous to me. Um, Arun, between the Milwaukee and Detroit game, which one do you want to break down? Um, I'll talk about the Detroit game. Denny actually played really well. He had 21 points and 10 rebounds. Um, Sadiq Bay actually only had single digits, given surprising given he had like 50 points a couple of days before that Wizards game, but. Um, the Wizards were able to hold on in the end. Um, the Pistons kind of made a comeback towards the end, but then he hit a clutch basket. And the Wizards have now beaten the Pistons, like I believe, like six times in a row. The Pistons aren't very good right now, but although they have a lot of good young pieces, and they'll probably be a team to be reckoned with. But as of right now, the Wizards just own them. Yeah. Talking about a team that owns us, though, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. I just, I mean, it starts off terrible. 32 to 13 in the first <laughs> quarter. Uh, it's kind of a close second quarter. The Bucks uh, kind of pull away in the third. And then in the fourth, uh, the Wizards actually outscored them 36 to 22 to come back and make it a close 114 to 102 game. Uh, but they're, the Bucks were shorthanded and it still made us look really bad. Um, you know, Porzingis played pretty well, but just overall, just no one kind of dominated the scoring for us. There were a lot of players that are right around 16, 17 points. Yeah. Uh, but you kind of, in the end, in today's NBA, needed someone to break 20 or, you know, oh, yeah, it just, 30, probably. yeah, probably yeah. 30. Exactly. So yeah. uh, that's tough. What were some of your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I like how I'm covering all the blowout losses, the worst, <laughs> yes. the worst ones, but. Yeah, just again, you can't fall down by – I know we've been talking about the third quarter, but you can't fall down by 19 after the first quarter. And just another game where the Wizards uh, appeared like they didn't really want to be there. Um, the fourth quarter made the score look a lot better, but really they were down by like 30 for a lot of this game. So, you know, they're playing a great championship team, but um, they just have to have more professionalism. And I think maybe they were embarrassed a bit from this game because they did play better um, later after that, won some games, but yeah, just a non-competitive loss overall. Yeah, for sure. 
All right, let's get into uh, the next set of games. Uh, we have the revenge game against Golden State Warriors, which this game kind of shocked me um, uh, that they were able to win 123 to 115. I actually watched a little bit of that game. Uh, and then Tuesday, March 29th uh, versus Chicago, that was a loss, 107 to 94. And then Wednesday, March 30th uh, versus Orlando, uh, they were able to win that game 127 to 110. So uh, an interesting uh, week indeed. I'm going to start off, Tim, since I've given you both <laughs> horrible okay. games, I'll let you you pick a game this time, Golden State, Chicago, or Orlando. Which one do you want to talk about? Uh, I'll pick Golden State just because obviously that was the most positive game of that group. Um, yeah, I mean, very unexpected win. I think it's possible. It the, the Warriors are really struggling right now, so I think the Wizards caught them at the right time. Um, you know, it's it was kind of a revenge game. Just the Wizards really didn't play well there um, in the loss earlier in the season. So I think just the combination of the Warriors playing their worst basketball of the season and kind of being at a loss right now, you know, with inconsistency and the Wizards just being embarrassed a lot in those um, tough losses, you know, that it's just caught them at the right time. And um, Kispert's playing really well. Um, As Ken said, Porzingis has been a good addition. So he's been scoring a lot and um, KCP has been really consistent uh, scoring in double digits pretty much every game. So really good effort. Um, it doesn't mean much. It's not good for tanking, but it's a feel good win. And, um, it shows that the wizards are still, uh, putting up some good efforts. Yeah. So that's good to see. In this situation, you have multiple people playing up 20 points, you know, KCP, Porzingis, Kispert, uh, Abadija put up 14 and, you know, played some pretty hard minutes as well. So, uh, this is a really solid victory. They, it was one of the things where they started off well and they were able to continue that through a a quarter. And then uh, in fact, Golden State kind of came back in, in the fourth to make it closer at some point. So I think it was even bigger lead. So, um, you know, that was exciting. All right. Um, Ken, uh, between Chicago and Orlando, which do you want to talk about? I definitely want to talk about the Orlando game because something that stands out to me from this game, Thomas Sadoraski still had a double-double with no points. How has that happened in basketball? The man had 10 boards and 13 assists and zero points. Like, that is crazy to me. Damn, it's only happened three times in NBA history. Holy crap. That's crazy that someone can have zero points and still have a double-double. That's crazy. But again, Kristaps Porzingis proven to be a hot, a hot commodity and a win with that trade that they made for him. 35 points on the night. KCP with 25. I mean, this was a this was a concerted effort by this team against a very, very lowly team in the Magic. This was a, a, a game that was a winnable game and they won it. This is not one of those games where it was, they played down in the competition. They played up and they won the game that they were supposed to win. And that's what they get. But man, Santa Ransky getting a, a, a double double with zero points is just mind boggling to me, honestly. Yeah. Another jinxy stat that TBS is throwing yeah. up. Um, this is the fourth largest lead that any team has had going uh, at halftime for a championship game. Yeah, As they then 
have a travel and then a dunk by Kansas uh, to make it a, tw- a 40 to 27 game with 914 left in the second half here, but as it's just getting started, but an auspicious start for yeah. sure. Um, but, but I, I agree. I'm just super excited. They were able to beat Orlando and, and get that big win. Any other thoughts on the champ before we uh, let Arun talk about Chicago? No, just, no, just the fact that again, this was a game that was, they, they should have won and- and they did like most times when they have games where they're supposed to win, they end up losing or either they lose close or they lose in tremendously bad fashion. But they finally won a game that they were supposed to win and they did. So good, good job. But unfortunately, it's it's all for naught when we look at. It. Yeah. All right. Arun, you, you get this awesome uh, loss to Chicago. What, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah. Um, Ken mentioned that they were. Then they managed to win this game. The Wizards are actually in a position to win this game, surprisingly, in the fourth quarter, only being down two points. But DeMar DeRozan, he had double figures in the fourth quarter, and of course, the Wizards blew the game. And um, not much really to say. Denny had like a pretty solid game. Um, Rui also with 21 points, ACP with 20 points. Um, the Bulls actually lost to the Knicks the previous night. Um, so Brian. Another thing Brian can brag about is that the Knicks actually beat the Bulls and the Wizards didn't. But um, I just want to say one more thing about that double-double. It's actually the only – the other time that it happened was actually this year, Josh Giddy. So two of the three times it's happened in NBA history have actually just happened in the past, like, past couple of weeks. Wow. Which is pretty crazy. <laughs> That's random. Yeah. The last time was, I think, in the 70s, or I think 1971 by Norman Greer. <laughs> yeah, so long, long drought. That's man. crazy. We all saw that. That was a nut, a nut stat. I was like, what are the odds that that could even happen? But um, I didn't even know it could happen. I've never heard of anybody been able to be so prolific on both assists because you, you got to figure that at some point you got to score the basket to at least draw the focus to be able yeah. to get that many assists. Um, I've done it in 2K. That counts. <laughs> That's awesome. Or some offensive rebounds with putbacks. So Kansas is, has a uh, really good start here to this uh, second half. Um, you know, it's 29 to, to 40. UNC step back. See, now they're just lobbing up threes here. So it's just not a good way to, to start the Rune almost made me spit out my wine with that with his comment about 2K. That was funny. <laughs> the Jayhawks uh, score the basket right there. 31 to 40. It's only a nine-point game. So um, – a big portion of that 15-point lead already erased uh, here pretty early. But uh, we'll see if North Carolina, how they respond to it. Um, I think that oh, they will. Let's see. Nice. Knocks down the three. Tar Heels get their first points of the second half, finally. So uh, they take a 12-point lead right there with 17-10 left in the um, second half here. Um, all right, let's go keep on breaking down uh, these games. Uh, so now the, the calendar um, switches uh, to April. Uh, we have two more games to break down. We've got a Dallas win. Uh, it was a huge win. And we have a Boston loss. Uh, it was a pretty epic loss. Um, so uh, kind of lopsided games. I'm going to let each one of you guys break down both of them. Uh, so they're the last two games. Uh, I'll break down the scoring real quickly of the Mavericks game. Uh, the Wizards outscored them 41 to 30 in the first, um, and then 26 to 23 in the second, and outscored them 27 to 25 in the third. 
and then outscored them 41 to 25 in the fourth. And I can't even remember the last time the Wizards outscored an opponent on all four quarters. Uh, and that's how you get a, you know, 32 point victory. Uh, but uh, just overall, just a, a really great effort. Uh, Luka Doncic still um, did 36 points, uh, which is incredible. But KCP also had 35, Porzingis had 24, uh, Hachimura had 21. Um, and a, a bunch of uh, players also in double dig- digits, including Denny Avadija. And um, so we'll, we'll, we'll write this game down and then we'll break the loss down. Uh, I'll start off with you, Champ. What were some of your thoughts on this uh, Mavericks game? This was an absolute drubbing by the Wizards. Again, and I apologize for the background noise. I'm near a highway, but my fault. But they drubbed the fourth best team in the Western Conference. Absolutely drubbed them. Like the the Mavericks never led in this game, ever. The Mavs never led in this game. The biggest lead that the Wizards had was 34 points. So this was an absolute just butt-whipping by the Wizards with a bunch of scoring from some of your top stars. This is the type of win that you needed, but this win came too little too late because of what where, where they are in terms of the playoffs and stuff like that. But... Still a really good feel-good win to be able to beat one of the top teams in one of the toughest conferences in, in, in the NBA in the, in the Dallas Mavericks. Absolutely just a dominating win. Yeah, Kansas is really cutting into this lead. Just a, a great drive, and it's making me really nervous. Um, but I guess this is what I thought the game was always going to be like. So, um, uh, But, yeah, I'm just really excited they were able to, like, blow out a team that I thought was pretty good. So it's just sort of strange that – and on any given day in the NBA, any team can kind of blow out any other team. Tim, what are some of your thoughts on this game? Yeah, just Rui's had a tough season, but he scored uh, over 20 points in this game, so it was nice for him to have a breakout. Just uh, KCP was great. Um, a lot of balance scoring. Uh, Dallas was pretty bad, except for Luka. So just a random, really good win. You know, Wizards won four out of five. Uh, after this game so just you know to be eliminated and and to have a good stretch there shows a lot of professionalism so maybe the coach is um kind of uh getting his message across but uh like you said you know anything can happen any night so kind of a fluke but you know you'll take it yeah what are some of your thoughts on this game yeah this was uh the return of Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertens and Dinwiddie had eight points and Bertens with the rare zero 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 stat line which is pretty bad um not rare for him <laughs> uh usually he shoots it at like misses like five or he, he also fouled out in 10 minutes earlier a couple of weeks ago so zero fouls I'm good improvement by him by not fouling but <laughs> um it was pretty crazy that the Mavericks only had two players in double figures. They both played really well. Like, Magic you combined for 58 points, and, and your team doesn't do anything. So that's pretty much what happened. And Porzingis with 25 points. It didn't, um, Spencer Dinwiddie did hit, has hit, like, a three or four game winners, which is pretty crazy with the Mavericks. But it, he looked like he did with the Wizards uh, prior to the trade. And... Um, might be just a good trade for both teams because uh, Dinwiddie's playing really well with the Mavericks and Porzingis is playing. I, I think he could make an all-star team if he can stay healthy with Washington. So um, 
but then um, it's nice to get a 32 point win, but not so much to follow it up with a 42 point loss, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good segue, right? I mean, it's yeah. as good as I'm going to get. So um, uh, it's, this is a bad game. Celtics dominate the first 35 22. Wizards score 37 in, in the second, but still Celtics score 35 again. Uh, so they let him score 70 points in the first half, and they let him score 34 in the third. So it's three quarters in a row with 34 or more points. Uh, and then they score 40 in the fourth. So every quarter they scored 34 or more points, which is pretty bad. You're going to lose all games in yep. that situation, no matter how many points you're able to put up. It's just in mm-hmm. no way can you are you ever going to put up 144 points. So like... I don't I don't even know how to break this game down, but I'm gonna start with you, champ. We got pooped on. Point blank, period. This game right here just showed me that this team knew they were out of the playoffs and they gave up. Cause they act they got absolutely destroyed in this game. They their biggest lead in this game was four, four points. The biggest lead for the Celtics, wait for it, wait for it, wait for it, 43. And they won by 42. This was this just showed me that this team absolutely gave up on the season. They felt, oh, we're not in the playoffs, whatever, let's just phone it in. And you're a professional basketball team. You should be playing these teams hard every week, regardless of your every game, regardless of whether you're in the playoffs or not. And you did not. You absolutely got this. Now, granted, the Boston Celtics are one of the best teams in the East. Yes, I get that. So you're supposed to play them even harder. And they're your rivals. They're, the, the rivalry between the Celtics and the Wizards is similar to Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and Dallas, Washington in football, NFL, and things like that. But you absolutely just got absolutely railed by your rival in their building. Unacceptable. Carly Sings is happy. She's at least a Boston fan. So it's somebody who can be happy in this group. Carly, Carly, I love you, but no, I don't like you. <laughs> she doesn't even really watch them. She's just saying that she was excited that a Boston team was much. Um, yeah, so they missed two out of three. So an awful call on a three and a terrible flop. And the ball don't lie. He missed two out of three free throws. You know, so um Anyway, it's a but it's only a six point game now. Uh, Kansas has already made more field goals in the first three Ooh. minutes of uh, this half uh, than they did in the last ten minutes, and one of Carolina's good players just got hurt. Uh, he's trying to walk it off. Um, uh, this is going really badly. For as good as it went for Carolina at the tail yeah, end of the first half, is going that badly. They're too good not to have a run. I really think they should take that player out. I don't let them. Oh, wow. They're going hard, but it's just nothing is falling. Yeah, run. It's um, they're going to run at him. Ooh, Ooh what, a what a shot. All right. So it's 41 45. It's now a four point game. So almost the entire 15 point uh, lead has been erased. That's a foul. That's, and it's a good pass. And just put pressure down low for them. And you just kind of have to make those moves. So it's just they're going to have to start to drive. They can't be, you know, shooting these jump shots anymore against this team. They've just got so much length. Like you kind of have to, 
I don't know. It's going to be a tough, tough national championship game. But anyway, I'm sorry. I want to talk more about that because at least that game is uh, close. This game was not close at all. Um, does anyone have any final thoughts on this before we look at the upcoming schedule? Anyone? I mean, I'm, I'm fine just moving Ben on. said it all. <laughs> um, the, the Celtics were 11th at the end of the year. And I mean, end of last year. And now the Wizards are 11th. And now the Celtics are the two seed. So a lot can change in a couple of months. And not, it didn't work out so well for Washington. Yeah, I shouldn't make fun of other people's free throws because that was a terrible free throw <laughs> missed by uh, North Carolina. He uh, made the first one. Um, now driving, two more free throws coming. 13.52 left. This is, ooh, rough. All right, Minnesota at Minnesota on Tuesday at 8 o'clock. And then it's at Atlanta on Wednesday at 8 o'clock. Then it's Friday against the Knicks at 7. And then there's a Sunday at Charlotte that's 2BD. So is that how? It that says 3.30 right? on my app. It says, it says no yeah, they should know by now. 3.30. Okay. What? I, I hate Yahoo for some reason. Anyway, but anyway, 3.30 on Sunday. So this is it. Google this is, says TBD too. Yeah. 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 Um, Sponsored by Google. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it doesn't know anything. Yeah. I think Google actually uses Yahoo for it, which is kind of ironic. Um, but uh-huh. um, <laughs> but uh, Anyway, we've got at Minnesota, at Atlanta, versus New York, at Charlotte. I'll let each one of you guys pick a game that you'd like to talk about. Um, I'll start off with Champ. Uh, which one do you want to break down? I want to break down Minnesota because the reason why I want to break this one down is because this is going to – I feel like this is a statement game. Uh, granted, this season absolutely went to SHIT, but – I feel like if they could beat the Timberwolves, who are pretty much in the playoffs as the as the seventh seed right now, if they could beat a, a playoff team on this stretch, I think that it'll make a statement that this is a team to look out for in the 2022-2023 season, honestly. Yeah, Chris Stapps, hopefully Chris Stapps will be fully healthy when you start the next season and you have the pieces with KCP and everybody else. So I really feel like this is going to be a statement game for this team to be able to take down, take on Carl Anthony Towns and that talented uh, Timberwolves roster. So I really feel like they need to win this game in order to like let people know in the East know like, hey, yeah, we had a, we had a crappy season. We started off strong and then we just absolutely fell off. But guess what? We are still a team y'all need to watch out for. So they need to win this game. Will they win this game? Possibly, but they need to win this game. So, Arun, I'll ask you this question. Right now, the only thing that's interesting for the Wizards are whether or not they're going to be the 11th seed or the 12th seed in the East, right? So <laughs> they can't be, they can't fall to 13. Uh, the the Knicks have one are one win more than them. They play the Knicks. I mean, Arun, do you want the 11th seed? Do you want the 12th seed? Does it matter? What are your thoughts? Well, um. I think the interesting thing is if they can have a worse record than the Lakers, then they'll, instead of having an 11% chance of the top four pick, they'll have a 25 or 26% chance of the top four pick. Right now, the Wizards actually have three more wins than the Lakers. So um, I think Brian might want to be the 11th best team, but I think the Wizards should probably consider just playing their young guys. Like, it's nice to get some good effort out there, but they should probably not try to push Porzingis too much. He's already shown he can be a good player. Give guys like Denny and Rui some chance that maybe that guy, say a Todd's rookie, some run, Corey Kispert. 
Um, but if they can slip down, then they getting a top four pick in this draft. I, it's, you got Shet and a couple Jabari and like a couple other players. So it'll just be better if the Wizards get a better draft pick because I don't think there's much to play for other than, yes, we had a better season than the Knicks and we can brag about it to Brian, but at the end of the day, I don't really care about that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That yeah. is huge, though. <laughs> yeah, it is important for our group chat, though, yeah. the collective uh, roundtable has. But uh, beyond that, I agree. It's uh, it's going to be an interesting offseason for sure. I'll let Tim, any final thoughts on this last week of the season that you have? Uh, no, I just think it's a very tough stretch with four games in like six days. So if they can even win two, that would be really good. But I'm seeing a lot of losses in our future. Yeah, for sure. Stewart says uh, they're forcing almost every play and UNC's entire lead has uh, been obliterated. So thanks TBS for talking about how large of a lead it was. <laughs> I appreciate it. And I guess I, I don't think I really jinxed it. I just knew that they were going to come. I mean, I just think that they were a better team than they showed in the first half. So oh, yeah. I just don't. They were the favorite. I, Kansas, I mean. Yeah, exactly. I think that they're a better team than UNC. I was just had false hope, which is the worst. I hate when I believe and I really think <laughs> it's going to happen and then uh, it gets taken from me. So I'm hoping, um, yeah, we find a way. Um, oh, that is a Pokemon in chat if anyone wants an Elekid. Um, so I already have one, so I'm not going to catch it. But um, yeah, so it's going to be an interesting week. Did anybody else have any final thoughts they have on the last week for the Wizards before uh, we get into talking a little bit of March Madness? Ken, are you good? All right. Um, I will, since I know that, Ken, you're, you're not going to be talking about the March Madness, I'm going to let you talk a little bit of wrestling real fast, talk about uh, your quick thoughts on WrestleMania and uh, o- overall, and let people know what they can catch on your podcast. And then uh, I'll let you get out of here while we uh, talk uh, more March Madness stuff. Let me tell you something. Mar- uh, WrestleMania this year was so much fun to watch. It was really great to just check out um, a WrestleMania with a full crowd. Last year, they finally had a crowd back but it was like half capacity, but this year it was full capacity. So much fun. Roman Reigns is sitting in the ring right now. cutting a promo as the undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Just a fun time to be a wrestling fan. There was so much other wrestling going on in Dallas, in the Dallas area surrounding WrestleMania. So it was a great time to be a wrestling fan. Uh, This Saturday on the podcast, uh, myself and Seth, we will be recapping everything that happened with WrestleMania weekend with Stand and Deliver for NXT, both nights of WrestleMania, and all the fallout from both of those events and everything else in wrestling. And also, I'm really happy because come May 14th, I'm going to my first ever New Japan Pro Wrestling show because they are coming to D.C. to the uh, Entertainment and Sports uh center in southeast dc on may the 14th and i will be there along with my my partner sage who is also our new japan analyst as well we're going to be literally like two rows away from each other in the same section so i'm super excited to catch a new japan show for the first time in my life um i cannot wait may 14th can't get here fast enough but saturday what's that make sure you shoot some clips and stuff and throw it on your podcast page and stuff i'd love to see it I'll definitely try to do that. Um, I'm pretty sure they're very strict about videos and stuff like that. And New Japan is very strict about their stuff being put out there without, you know, written permission and stuff like that. So 
We'll see what we can do. Even your experience, you could always blog about like going or you know or something about it. So oh, I def oh I definitely will. But just one last thing is after Saturday we will be on a two week break because this will be our season finale, our season three finale, and then we will be off for two weeks and we'll be back for season four of the podcast in two weeks from Saturday. So I can't wait for the break, but I cannot wait for season four. That's awesome. So season four, have you for all seasons been on this show? Have you, is, will this be your fourth season here as well? I believe so. Actually, I believe I, this is my fourth season with uh, sports on the Hill and covering the wizards. Yeah, that's really cool. So uh, I can't believe uh, we're starting season seven here. I, I couldn't imagine that seven years ago or, you know, six full years ago, um, you know, where we'd be today and doing all this and on twitch and uh shout out to island vibing and ct and andy and a bunch of people that are lurking and uh so i really appreciate uh everyone for being a, a part of this we'll talk a little bit more march madness here but uh, definitely I'll, I'll do the champ command here um but uh, check out the true no spots uh pod also sportsothp.com got an overhaul yesterday with season seven and you can catch all these guys and all their bios and all their social links now on uh, sportsothp.com. Uh, so if you want to read more about them and what they do and have links to all their stuff, also podcast partners, uh, we got uh, both the No Spots podcast on there as well as, uh, uh, you know, Brian's podcast is also over there. And then Arun, I've also linked to your podcast on your bio, uh, the Hey Arun podcast. Uh, so if people go check out Arun's bio on uh, Team Sports OTHP link, on sportsothp.com's website. Uh, you can definitely check out more uh, of that. But uh, Champ, thank you as always for modding uh, in chat, but also uh, being a member of this round table. I'm sure we'll have a, um, a wrap up show next week talking about the wizard season and the upcoming playoff matchups and stuff like that. Uh, and then we always kind of break down, we become a NBA round table instead of a wizards round table <laughs> and talk a little playoffs uh, just uh, to keep it exciting in the off season. But uh, champ, I really appreciate your time. And I really had fun on your uh, show uh, yesterday and uh, hope that you have a great week. Thank you guys. Y'all have fun talking uh, March madness and madness. I will see you guys next week. Next week. Sounds good. Appreciate it. All right, um, Arun, uh, it's been an exciting tournament. I'm going to get your just quick take on uh, the tournament in general, uh, but also uh, these the, the final four matchups were great on Saturday. I want to talk a little bit about that as well. But uh, Arun, in general, what were your thoughts on this tournament? I think, uh, Arun, I think you're muted. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, yeah, the lead up to the tournament was pretty great. Uh, North Carolina beating Stick Eaters, then their uh, improbable run. Um, Duke coming out. I don't think many people had Duke coming out of the region, but they played well. And then Villanova, they won. They beat Texas. I mean, they beat Houston. And they were actually a three-point underdog in that game, so that was pretty good. But they did lose Justin Moore to an Achilles injury in Kansas, I think. That was probably – I think more people did not pick Kansas to come out of that region. And I think the Villanova-Kansas game – I'm a Villanova fan, but I thought that game was – I thought Kansas was going to win by double digits, and they ended up doing that just because um, Villanova plays a seven-man rotation going into that game and losing a guy that probably plays like 40 minutes a game. He's not in foul trouble, and Justin Moore from the D.C. area, that was probably the debt now for Villanova. And then the Duke-North Carolina game was really great. 
I believe there are 15 lead changes. Um, Caleb Love wasn't really great in the first half, but he came through in the closing um, in the second half, and it was an excellent um, for Duke to walk out of that game. Um, Coach K shook hands, but their players didn't, from what I saw. And one player, um, I think, I think one player shook everybody's hands. I think it may have been 17 lead changes. It was crazy. Yeah. Uh, and um, it was tied with two minutes left in that game. And then I'm happy that UNC kind of dominated the last two minutes in the sense of I didn't want it to fall on one person's missed shot or something. Like, I feel like I've been heartbreaking and like, I didn't want too much history with like, I wanted to be on the institutions, not the players. Right. Like, and so I'm kind of happy that like, it wasn't like one Duke player, like missed a shot and like, yeah, screwed over coach K and, you know, it's like tied here. it's about to be tied here. Kansas with an and one uh, with 10.53 in the second half. This game is nuts. This is, uh, I thought the two semifinal games were really great, but this might even be uh, better than, than that. Uh, Tim, what are, what are some of your thoughts on uh, the overall tournament? Yeah, it's been uh, a really fun tournament. Um, you had a 15 seed get all the way, uh, what, to the Elite Eight, right? Yeah. Yeah, so St. Peter's was – Kind of the story of the tournament, I think UNC knocking them out and then getting all the way to the final, they're like the new underdog story, although it's a huge program. So it's been great to see that. Um, just a lot of good games in the first, you know, two days are always special. And just so many stories, like the fact that Duke and UNC had never played in the tournament and then UNC just beat them twice and two really important games this year is incredible. So um, I'm sure this game is going to come down to the wire, but just uh, the tournament's great. And I can see why the NBA wants to recreate that like in the middle of their season. Um, I think it's one of the best sporting events. So just, you know, an, an, um, one of the best, you know, things to watch every year. Yeah, for sure. And Kansas oh. takes the lead. So an oh. entire lead is, uh, is now obliterated. Uh, so, um oh they oh. just got stolen and um and one and one wow so now they're going to take a five-point lead potentially a six-point lead and just like the the wind is just out of kind of sales it looks like they just already have lost this game you know like it's just yeah. the, the look on their faces um pretty devastating as a Tar Heel fan watching them blow. I'm not going to lie. Um, we're probably only going to stay on for a little bit longer and uh, we'll watch the last part of this sulking in my room. But um, it's just, yeah, Stuart's saying it's almost like North Carolina has never played a game with the lead before. Hard to watch. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty painful. Um, I do think Kansas is the better team and we're just finally seeing it in this game, but it's just hard when you saw how well they played they just did such a great so it's a nine oh run in less than a minute. So I mean oh, finally. It's just the stop the bleeding yeah. right there. So it makes it a fifty-six to fifty-two. Uh Kansas is still in the lead with just under ten minutes left in this first half, but second half. Or second half, sorry. Uh Rune, uh any other thoughts that you had on the on the tournament? Uh just like I thought it was um, every time that Kansas and Villanova play each other, I believe since like 2008, the, the winner has gone on to win the national championship. So um, if this holds and Kansas 
would win, but it's definitely, this is games far from being over. And um, I believe North Carolina, they've also, the same thing happened a lot, three times in this century that, um, or twice, um, the national champion went through that game. Uh, North Carolina won 2005, 2009, and Villanova won in 2016. So just really, I think it's weird that Villanova just keeps losing to the national champion, but it may not happen. We'll see North Carolina may will have to come back. Oh, the foul. Damn it. Uh, they're just calling a lot of ticky tack things yeah. at this point, which is frustrating with under 10 minutes left. Yeah. So it's just, I mean, let them, I don't know. I, I think a late call because you hit him in the head there. Yeah, that's why. Hit him in the face. It's yeah, it's on the box out. I get it, but uh, is this guy good at free throws? I don't know. Jaden McCormick, I, he doesn't good in general. Yeah, I don't know about free throws. Yeah, let's see. Uh, nope. Not not on the first at least. Uh, fifty six, fifty four. It's still a two point game. Kansas misses the first free throw. Eight forty nine uh, left in the second half here, but. Um, if anybody has any final questions, we'll take them in uh, either of the chats. But um, I think um, we'll, we'll probably wrap it up here and let people watch the last eight minutes of the national championship. And uh, maybe we'll get EJ on next week and we'll recap what happens in the final uh, eight minutes here. Um, and uh, he makes the second free throw. They take a three-point lead with 849. Uh, but Arun, uh, any final thoughts before uh, we let you go? Uh, no, not really. We could talk about the slap next week it made some good memes they made the the ramsey uh slapping coach k and him falling to the floor that was a pretty good meme but other than that well i'll give i feel like i need to process this for like a couple more weeks as well <laughs> <laughs> it needs to be talked about more yeah not enough coverage well i'm sorry that your team didn't make it uh to the to the finals arun i, I know but it's still very exciting uh to get a, a final four uh matchup for sure um yeah i'll take the final four um definitely still solid you got, you got as far as duke did right so, yeah yeah I'm, I'm actually happy that villanova lost because that was before the duke north carolina game because i thought kansas had a better chance to beat duke that was pretty much and i'm really happy that duke lost yeah for sure i'm super <laughs> happy about that oh, that's why God. this was uh this kind of game is kind of great but uh a big time three to tie the game at eight minutes left who knows could be could be anybody's game i'm sorry i'm like tempted to do the whole game but like also it's long uh because this last eight minutes is gonna last it's gonna take a while take right exactly so um let's figure out somebody uh to raid i'm gonna uh uh, check out my my list here. If anybody has any suggestions, uh, I am happy to take. I don't usually take great suggestions, but I see there's a bunch of us that are on right now. Um, but uh, I'm thinking about maybe Sarah Cameron Music. We've done her before. Uh, we've also done uh, Black Girl Gamer before. We could do somebody new. I have a lot of other people on there. We could do the Scream Scribe, which is a calligraphy artist, which is kind of cool. Um, we could even raid some turtles, the turtles and chill which is an interesting vibe. Um, all right, North Carolina down low. Let's see. That should be a foul, right? That's got to be if the other one is. Yeah, that's a foul. Um, anyway, anybody have any uh, raid suggestions? I'll uh, let them do it now. If not, 
Um, here, I can also do a poll real quick. Um, so if people want to do raid, we want music, we want art. Grab some water. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, turtles, music, art, uh, turtles, or nude. Uh, we'll do gamer. So let people uh, do it. We're gonna do a, it's gonna be a quick two minute poll. I'm gonna let people uh, rig it if they want to. Um, with points or bits, start poll. All right, so people can let me know. There's also a yamper in chat if people wanna catch that. I don't even think I have that. Let's see. Um, I don't, pokey catch culture. If I can catch that real quickly. All right, with that, I'm going to end at least uh, the uh, Facebook and the audio form of this podcast. Um, they don't need to see what we're doing on Twitch, uh, but I appreciate everyone for tuning in uh, on the Facebook uh, stream and for listening to the audio podcast back if they're listening later. Uh, again, sports.thp.com, a new website. Um, it's uh, got all the links that you need. Definitely check it out. And uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, with uh, more hockey and basketball talk, and we may even talk a little bit more of this March Madness. But uh, thank you for tuning in on Facebook or the audio, and we'll, we'll talk to you guys next week.